Can you hear me? Uh, loud and clear. Okay, everything went away. So, okay. Um, three, two, one. All right, you beautiful people. As promised, uh, in the intro, the merch. I wore it. Here we go. Yeah. Nice, nice little nice. sweatshirt. It's literally the comfiest sweatshirt I've ever worn. It was twenty five dollars. Um, I wore it in the last podcast, but I forgot to. I was so m- mesmerized by. Brendan realized, making me realize I knew nothing about sports. Then <laughs> I forgot to mention it. Um, here's John's I actually have right here. Got to send that out tomorrow. White. And if you guys notice, I'll just use his so I don't have to stand up every time. His ring is a baby blue, as is mine. Instead of the mint neon green that our show is. And that's because, John, what was your beautiful idea? Um... To have the ring available in different colors? Any color you want. Magenta. Teal. You can dream it up. Turquoise. Or just blue, red, green. I don't give a damn. Um, Any color you want available. Any sweatshirt color you want available. So I get these through a... I don't have her store plugged up. I'll put her store her Facebook page in the description of this YouTube video, in the description of the podcast. Her name's Skylar Fremont. She runs it with her sister, Shay. She's um, really good family friends. Went to school with her. She gives them to people without really any markup. This sweatshirt was 25 bucks. If you want a sweatshirt, a t-shirt, a long sleeve shirt, whatever it is, whatever colors, let us know. The only thing... I'm going to charge you for other than the $25 is the shipping. So it's going to be $27, $28. We're not going to try to make a profit off these because if you're listening to this, you've been a loyal fan. You've been with us since the beginning probably. We're not trying to make any money off you. Just helping get the word out there, get you guys a nice shirt. This is I'm not kidding when I say it's so comfortable. It doesn't – you know, the sleeves are the perfect length. It's the perfect – Length on my torso. It's soft on the inside. There's no annoying tag on my neck. Like I'm not wearing a shirt under this. Um, wow. And the inside material feels like wool. I would not be telling you guys this if I didn't believe it. I promise. I, I promise to you it is nice. Um, shout out to Skylar. I don't think we're going to get an overload of orders. If so, they might take a little bit longer because, again, she runs this out of her house. Um, kind of as like a side hobby, so... Remember that, but well, they um, look great. That's for sure. So, thank you. Also, I have some of these stickers. Ooh, nice. These stickers are something that you guys might want to put on your Yeti or whatnot. Back of your laptop. Yeah, you guys want to see my laptop? Any office friends? Ooh, that's what she said. (laughs) Um, yeah. If that's something you guys want. I know that was a long introduction to our merch, but yeah, we even have a little merch section on the www.atbsports.net. We only have a sweatshirt up there right now. Really, if you want to order something, just DM me on Twitter. My Twitter's in the description of the podcast and YouTube down below. Message John, text us. It doesn't matter. We'll get it to you. You know, it's not going to be Amazon two-day shipping. I can promise you that, but we will get it to you. Um. Yeah.
John, I uh, now that that's all gone, I just kind of want to. How are you? I, I want to ask people, like truly, how are people? It's a crazy time right now. Like, if you're listening and you're stir crazy, I was just telling John, you know, if you're stuck at home or whatever, and you want to make a special appearance on a podcast, let me know. I'll be. I, I'm a college student who's now doing schooling online with nothing to do. My job got canceled because I work for a university facility. Let us know. I mean, come on the show. Um, maybe cool. I'll even just have a show with just you. But John, how are you doing? Um, this is uh, interesting. That's for sure. To say the least. Interesting time. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm someone who um, I try to balance like you know life like um, you know listening to. Um, podcasts and, you know, watching sports center in the morning before I go to work. And then, you know, it, usually at lunch, I try to like flip through CNN or something else just to try to catch up on some news and make sure that I'm not missing out on, you know, whatever, whatever's been going on recently. And, but man, like, this is just, I don't know, like, it's crazy. Like, uh, you know, staying at home, I, I was just saying to you before we started recording that I, I haven't been within six feet of another human being since, it was Sunday the 15th when I was at the grocery store, uh, right after the governor announced that they were going to start, they were going to close restaurants like at 9 PM and only do, you know, takeout delivery uh, in Ohio. So you know, I was like, all right, well, everyone's going to probably flip out over that. So I'm at the grocery store and grab a couple of things real quick just to make sure, you know what I mean? And then yeah. and also too, I didn't want to have to go in a week when, you know, there could be more sick people. So I was like, yeah, I better just go. And of course I got to the store when, you know, all the to- all the toilet paper was gone. All the paper products, all the napkins. Like, what are you people doing at home that you need the world supply of napkins? Like, what, is this virus making people messier at home? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't get it. You know, a Clorox wipe, sure, I understand. Sanitizer, got it. Hand soap, not a problem. That makes sense. But like, all the paper, like, what are you doing with napkins? I, I just I don't know I don't get it it's really bizarre so I but, I, uh, I saw Brian Hartline tweet something that I thought of that I, I that was instant first thing I thought of and I'm gonna tell you guys whether you think it's too much information there it is my girlfriend was like what did you just say <laughs> when I heard that there might be lockdowns which Governor Dewine has said there will never they're not gonna close grocery stores we're not gonna induct martial law. I might. I think that's kind of a good idea to just get rid of it. But anyway, I said the first thing that came to my mind was, should we go get some rice and beans? Should we go stock up on, you know, non-perishables? And then all of a sudden, I guess people are stabbing people in the eyeballs for bottled water and toilet paper. First what? of all, yeah, there was a uh, Costco, Costco in Michigan, I believe. No, Georgia. Guy stabbed uh, another guy with a wine bottle. Because he wanted the water bottles. First of all, stop drinking bottled water. It's bad. Secondly, my first thing was... <laughs> stop stabbing people with blunt objects like wine bottles. Can we... <laughs> it, well, I, I would actually prefer that over plastic water bottles. Like he took, uh, <laughs> like he took the bottle and broke it and then stabbed them with the shards? Like that? Right, oh, yeah, right in the eyeball. Like a bar fight. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, it was nasty. They posted it right on Twitter. Um... <laughs> I, my first thing was if you're taking a shit sorry a poop and you happen to be out of toilet paper 
I would say 90% of you listening, there's obviously some that are half baths. If you have a toilet, there's most likely a shower in the same room. So worst comes to worst, you step in the damn shower, not go buy 20,000 rolls of toilet paper from the Sam's Club near you. You know, I'm going to quote the office right here. Dwight Schrute talks about how pampered our anuses are, the modern anus. And this is an exact, this is the exact thing it was needed for. Like, just stop. There's no point in it. But the world, according to Chandler. (laughs) So, you just want a pine cone in everybody's bathrooms? Just be like, look, just use this and get over it. Okay. Use a pine cone. Use a pine cone. I, you, you sent me that video and I, it was like really opened my eyes to like how crazy this thing can spread. Do you, oh, you want to yeah. like, yeah, I, yeah. so I think I understand it, but you're smarter than me. So I want to hear you explain it to me. <laughs> I don't know about that, but okay. So. You're wiser than me for sure. But well, wiser, yeah. Yeah. I'm very, smart. Can you see all the wiseness right here? Here's all the wiseness. There you go. Um, um, yeah. So, um, and that's what I was going to say, like with, you know, just the way that this whole thing has changed, like my life, you know, and just speaking from a personal experience, like, you know, I'm just trying to, okay, I'm trying to be responsible and listen to what, you know, doctors and scientists and, you know, anybody that, you know, healthcare workers, anybody that's on the front lines, you know, like, what are they saying? And it's hard. Like, it really, it's difficult to get, like, um, they don't know what they're saying. Like, I don't want to say it's just, it's tough because you, you can hear a lot of conflicting information, you know? And so it becomes difficult to like sift through. And I think like, that's part of it. Like, and I don't want to get into a whole political you know discussion, but I think one of the frustrating things about the last three and a half years is that whatever side of this whole political spectrum you're on, whether you voted for Trump or you didn't or whatever, um, you know, like, if one side is constantly telling you one thing and the other side is constantly saying, that's a lie, here's the truth, like you just get exhausted from it on either side. And, you know, I, I know what I personally believe and, you know, and, and that it has nothing to do with anything. And I'm not about to, you know, tell everybody, you know, what they should do with their vote or anything. Like you can, you know, you figure that out on your own and whatever, you know, whatever it is that you think, you know, you want to vote for, that's great. Um, but like, but it's frustrating when, you know, you see like in any of those presidential like briefings, they're talking about, you know, you have the president saying one thing and then, then the health officials come on and say like the exact opposite thing. And it's like beyond being frustrated about like if someone's lying or not or telling the truth or whatever, like the worst part is that it's just the information isn't getting out. And, you know, that's the hard part. Like that's the part that you're really trying to sell. Like if you're, you know, in this pandemic, you're trying to get to, you know, through to everybody saying, look, here's the information. Here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. And then this is how you have to react because you, your life, it, it could be at risk or someone else's life that you, you know, maybe take care of or are very close to or whatever, family, friends, all that kind of stuff. So anyways, um, when, uh, this was last week, uh, and we'll link the, uh, We'll link this video in the description uh, below. Um, it's a this is a YouTube channel called It's Okay to Be Smart, and they post a lot of different kinds of videos. 
physics, astronomy, biology, you know, it's not like, it's really interesting stuff. And I really encourage everybody to check it out because they do a great job. It's fun. It's entertaining. You learn something. It's, it's pretty Especially cool. Especially if you have some, you know, kids at home that can't go to school, keep those brains working. Actually, yeah, that and uh, there's another one called Crash Course that I highly recommend because they cover like 20 different or 30 different subjects and they do a really good job with that. But at any rate, we um, use Crash Course in my high school classes. That's oh, how seriously? old I am. Okay. That's how it, young I am. It's awesome. Uh, it's yeah. really good. Is John Green, um, is John Green still on there or did he leave? Um, so I think it depends on which subject they're teaching because they're all hosted by History. a different person. Okay. History was John Green for me. I have not watched the history ones. I watched all the astronomy, and I just started watching the statistics one because I wanted to learn statistics a little bit better. And so, all right, big man on campus. Yep. All right. Anyway, all right. sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, you're okay. That's good. Um. So, but yeah. So anyway, so I they uh, it's okay to be smart. They made this video um, about uh, the coronavirus and specifically how it spreads, and that's what I wanted to talk about real fast today. So. Um, the, the viruses like this, they spread, they, it's, it's, uh, they spread exponentially. So they call it exponential growth, um, in the video. And that exponential growth is really, really difficult for, um, humans to understand. And basically we look at something like this, uh, the coronavirus, and it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong. It doesn't seem like there's a problem. And it feels like everyone's overreacting to nothing. And then, you know, if you don't react to it, all of a sudden there's a huge problem. And now it seems like everything you're trying to do is too little too late. And you're wondering why didn't someone, you know, why didn't we do things uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago, whatever. So, um, and the example they used, this was really, really great and really eye-opening. Um, so, they used the example of uh, lilies, um, lily pads in a pond. And so they basically said this, you know, let's think of the coronavirus as a lily pads. Um, and this lily pad, uh, it replicates itself uh, once every day. All right. So on day one, you have one lily pad. On day two, you have two. On day three, you have four. On day four, you have eight and so on and so forth. So every day, the number doubles, right? So you're getting, you know, twice as many every day that passes. Okay. They said in the video, they say it takes 60 days to fill this pond with lily pads, okay? So the question they asked then, they asked two questions. On what day will the pond be half filled? And the answer is 59 um, because on day 60, it's full. So the day before, it's half full, okay, because they double every day. So then the question to ask you, Chandler, is if it takes 60 days to fill the pond, and at day 59, it's at 50%. On what day do you think the pond is 1% filled? Just 1%. And pretend day like, pretend like you've five. never heard before. <laughs> That's a good answer. I already forget, though. So, okay. And I think your guess was, the first time I asked you or told you this, I think you said day 12. And yeah. when, no joke, when I, I watched this, part of the video three times. I rewound it three times to make sure I heard this correctly. Cause I was like, wait, this cannot be right. So the pond is 1% filled on day 54. So you go from 1% of lily pads or viruses on day 54. And then six days later, the pond is filled. But think about standing at the edge of that pond for 60 days. If you stand there for the first 54 days, there's no problem. 
None. You're looking around going, why is that, Why are we doing anything? You guys, there are no lily pads in this pond. It's fine. And then six days later, the entire thing is filled. And it happens like that. And that's the problem with exponential growth is that we don't, it, it, it happens so fast that we don't have a concept of it. It doesn't make any sense. And if you do the math, uh, even just, you know, out loud real fast, if it's 60 days, it's 100% filled. And on day 59, it's 50%. On day 58, it's 25%. On day 57, it's 12 and a half. You know, you keep going on. Suddenly you realize, oh, yeah, it only takes like five days to go from, you know, 2% to 100%. And, you know, like that, that's the scary thing about exponential growth. And so the, all, all that example, and again, we'll link the, um, you know, the description so you can watch the video if you want it. Obviously, they do a better job of explaining it than I just did. Um, but the, the reason that I just wanted to talk about it real fast is because if, if you're one of the people that is sitting around thinking this seems like an overreaction, that's why it's not. Okay, that's why none of this is an overreaction. Because if we don't overreact now, we will, when we're overrun with sick people and people can't get into hospitals and stuff, uh, you know, then you'll be thinking, why didn't we do something when we had the chance? But this is what's happening. We're doing something now when we have the chance. So I know different states have reacted differently. And uh, I lived in California from 2012 to 2018. So I just got back to Ohio. Um, you know, I don't know much about Mike DeWine, our governor, but I tell you this, so far the response has been phenomenal and impressive and just feels like he has people's health uh, at the center of every decision that he's made so far. Um, and Dr. Amy Acton, I believe, is the uh, director of the Ohio Board of Health. So she's done a phenomenal job as well. But uh, yeah, anyways, bottom line is, uh, yes, it's exponential growth is super scary and hard to understand, but this is not an overreaction, and uh, you know, I just hope that you know everybody kind of uses that video to. If you didn't understand it, like I didn't, like I said, I really, I had to stop the video. I rewound it three times because I was like, wait, did, did he say one percent? I'm like, no, it can't be one percent filled on day fifty-four. And I rewound it three times because I had no idea. Uh, I just couldn't believe it. it it's just if it, that's you know, I don't know, it's unbelievable. So, but. Yeah, Anyways, you, really you, cool do, you do a great job of explaining something that's kind of hard to grasp. Um, you know, it definitely helped me grasp it more. And just okay. because um, I don't want to pound this down people's throats, do want to say something happy. The count, the Wood County Humane Society, which is in the um, city I live in, Bowling Green, just cleared out for the second time this year already. Woo! Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. that's really cool. Okay, um, good. Yeah. No, but, that's good. Look, look it, it, you know, if it gets, you know, we're doing, you know, you can't, I mean, uh, I don't know. DeWine said, what, yesterday, you know, you can't, um, essential businesses only should be open. You really shouldn't leave the house. You know, it's kind of like a mini lockdown or some sort of, you know, and it sucks. You're right. Like, it sucks. Like, I, you know, like I said, I haven't, it's been eight days since I was around another person. Like I had to stop by my mom's, but I, you know, had the door closed between us so I could talk to her for a second. Like, you know, it's just stuff like that. And that sucks. I get it. Like you miss being around people. You miss just normal life. And, you know, but like nothing is more important than all of our health, nothing. And, 
you know, I mean, there's economy issues and other struggles and I totally get it and hope to God everything returns back to normal and all that stuff. But like, if we're not around, you know, then there's none of that stuff matters. So, you know, just stay healthy, stay safe, you know, so you can be there for the people that, you know, need you most in your life, your friends, your family, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's what matters. So, you know, that's all. Yeah, I completely agree. And just stay safe, people. And washing your hands is not enough. Half of it spreads just through air. But, um, John, you want to get on to the happy stuff? Yeah, I really do. I really do. It's because NFL free agency. NFL free agency came at a perfect time because it's just it's it's heavy shit and. We want, we need sports. We need sports in our lives. Luckily, I've been busting my butt trying to get this like NBA draft guide out. Um, so I'm able to just go back and watch college basketball all the time with a purpose. So that's nice for me. Uh, but this NFL free agency came at a good time. And I think there is a lot to unpack here. I will, I, you know, I tried to get this, I'm trying to get OBS Studio to work. If you know what it is, great. If not, I'm not going to explain it because it's pissing me off anyway. Um, <laughs> to the point where you can watch these live and also we can have you know cut scenes with um, pictures and graphs we made up. So I'm just gonna we're just gonna talk about our winners and losers, list them real quick. Um, and to be honest, if we were just to pick four winners, John's winners were who my winners were. But I wanted to make it more broad, so I picked four other winners who, you know, I didn't stretch. If I couldn't have find, if I couldn't have found four people, I truly thought one free agency, uh, you know, no really bad deals. There is one team in here that made a bad deal, in my opinion. But there are other deals, and the way their team's structured is good enough that I deemed them a winner. But my winners are the New Orleans Saints, the Miami Dolphins, the L.A. Chargers. Who I think have made the most impact, in my opinion, which blows John's mind. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I also think made huge leaps, which John also, it also blew John's mind. John, you want to list your winners real quick? Yeah. Um, so I had the Browns, uh, I had the Cardinals, I had the Ravens, and I had the Colts. And yep. Yep. those are my very, original four winners. It, verbatim, those were your original four. Those were my original four. Wow. Okay. That's kind of cool. Swear I'm to God. I, I'm glad that we didn't know that when we were sending each other the list then. Um, yep. And our, losers are, our losers would have been different, though, the top four. Yeah, but for sure. Go on. Um, no, no. Just, I just wanted to say that I like we cut it at four. I, if we did like a three-hour podcast, there would be a lot of deals to talk about, even if you wouldn't consider you know, a team uh, – you wouldn't put them in the winner's column – I think there are a lot of really good deals, you know, that you could bring up. Like uh, Buffalo is an honorable mention for winners. Like th- there are definitely other teams that belong in that. You did a good job in free agency. We just broke it down to four. It happened, you know, it was an arbitrary number. So I just cut it, we just cut it off somewhere. But but more teams yep. belong in that category for sure. So yeah, absolutely. And my four losers. Uh, well, I'm gonna list John's four losers first because other than the Falcons, so John had the Falcons, the Texans, the Titans. And the Bears. Other than the Falcons, those were my three losers. However, my fourth loser in there was going to be the Vikings. Um, however, 
since he had those four, because uh, I don't believe the Falcons were losers, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, I have the Bengals. I truly believe that. The Vikings, the Broncos, and the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, it's not for the reasons you're thinking. We'll talk about that um, in the show. Do you want to talk about winners first? Or maybe we can go um, winner, loser, winner, loser. Uh, let's talk about the winners first. Let's talk about the winners first. All right. All right. Get, can we talk about the Saints first? Because I knew yeah. that's someone that you didn't think was one of your, uh, obviously, top four. Uh, all of mine weren't in yeah. your top four. But, no, I know, and I'm curious. I, I can't wait to hear why you think that they are. I'm, this is yeah. exciting. So I want to – so the Saints, for some reason, don't have a, a salary cap. I guess Roger Goodell has deemed them, you guys don't have a real salary cap. Just kind of play Madden with this. Um, I don't know where they keep getting all this money. However, this is what we knew about the Saints coming into free agency. They had one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history that's still playing at a top five level. Would you agree? One of the best quarterbacks in NFL history that's still playing at a top five level. Uh, Yes. Close enough. Okay. Top six, seven, top maybe. Seven. Yeah, close top enough. Seven. Close enough. Close enough. Yep. Yep. Um, the best receiver in football the last two years. Whether you want to say, you know, he can't do the things Julio can downfield. He can't oh. run routes like Keenan Allen can. Michael Thomas. I don't agree has with. Has been yeah. the best. Yeah. Have you do agree or not? No, I think you're right. I think you're fine in saying that he's the best receiver. I don't agree that that you if. You can nitpick anyone's game. No, you know what I mean. Like, there's always something, but like, yeah, 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 that's ridiculous. Yes, I totally agree. So, yeah, he, and especially the with the a lack of help he's had, which is part of the reason they're winners in my eyes. Um, they have one of the best running backs in the league. They have one of the best defenses in the league, and you know, they were missing one essential position, and they went and got two really good ones. Uh, especially for they got two really good ones for free agency. Okay. And, you know, they have a offensive line that doesn't hinder them. It's not the best in the league. It's not the worst. Um, and then they have a utility position who cannot remember his Twitter name, but yesterday tweeted out that he, he Lamar Jackson is a generic version of Taysom, Taysom Hill, basically, which just is laughable. Lamar Jackson is one of the best players in football. Stop. All right, so we knew all that about the Saints. We also knew they didn't have a second receiver. They haven't had a second receiver since Michael Thomas has been prominent. Like, Ted Ginn, no. Look, Treadwell, no. Willie Sneed, ha. Um, well, they just so got they Treadwell, get... right? What? They just added Treadwell, right? Isn't that? Yeah, yeah. Is that what yeah, he I... Okay, yeah. Traquan Smith is the... Like... Uh... No, 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 no. Treadwell, I believe Treadwell was drafted by the Saints, I think. No, and the, the Vikings drafted him. Uh-huh. Are you sure? 100% positive. Okay, okay, anyway. 100%. So, Treadwell's not good either. That's that's my point. Okay. Uh, I lost where I was. Okay, yeah. No they went got Manuel Sanders. Manuel Sanders has been a top 20 receiver every single year since he's been in the league. Okay. He's a veteran presence. He, so just by PFF standards, has literally never graded even average. He's always been above average. He's okay. a great receiver and will just open up so many things for Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Jared Cook, who has just 
been forgotten, lost in the sauce because he's so hit or miss. He's so hit or miss. Um, so then they do, they do that. And then I'm going to stick on the offensive side of the ball. They made one of the worst signings in free agency this year, signing Andres Pete to that f- nasty $57.5 million deal. Yeah. $33 million guaranteed. He's terrible. He's actually really bad. So yep. for those of you that you know, a lot of people pick on the Browns last year, so I'll use them, Browns had a bad offensive line. I would say Chris Hubbard and Greg Robinson are both better than Andres Pete. That's my hot take. Greg Robinson, you at least get the athleticism. Chris Hubbard, you get the, you know, he's not good, but Chris Hubbard's far from the worst tackle in the league. He's just a backup. So, that's all. There's nothing yeah, wrong with yeah. that. He's a good swing guy. You know, he just needs to be a backup. He can't be a starter. Yeah. So you you didn't make that terrible signing. Absolutely terrible. But, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I thought Drew Brees has two years left at this level, maybe. Whatever. I don't really care what they're doing after this. Just win now. Forget about the future. It's going to be awful anyway. And then you place a first-round tender on Taysom Hill, which means they're going to keep Taysom Hill. If you give up, uh, Taysom Hill is not worth that. Um, But I think it was kind of smart by the Saints because even if he only wins you two games on the year, it was worth paying him the – Whatever the first round tender is, it's not crazy amount of money. So I don't know who tweeted this, but today somebody said that Mohamed Sanu has more career passing yards than Taysom Hill. Just so we're all on the same page. So yeah, Taysom <laughs> Hill's not going to win you the game passing the ball, but it, no, the way but he can do as a special might. teams guy <laughs> is 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 worth it. So yeah. they do that, and then you go to the defensive side of the ball, and you have, you know. Demario Davis, absolutely great linebacker. Cam Jordan, absolutely great defensive end. Ugh. And you have Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. You're just kind of missing that help in the secondary. Uh-huh. You know, um, obviously, pass uh, pressure on the quarterback is important. But Cam Jordan alone. I, I just I don't think Cam Jordan gets enough love. Cam Jordan alone almost produces enough pressure that you can have whoever it is on the opposite end, and they'll feast. And I cannot think of his name right now. The guy out of uh, UTSA, he's there, super fast um, defensive end, oh, going into yeah. his third year. Uh, yeah, they traded. Uh, they traded up. They gave up a first round pick to get absolutely him. terrible trade. But he's a good player. He's a good enough player that he can still start there and be fine um so you do you have these players demario davis top linebacker in the league cam jordan one of the best defensive ends marshawn Lattimore, one of the best cornerbacks then you go and get davenport yep you got davenport on the other end doing enough um and they signed anyamata from wherever defensive tackle that's a pretty bad deal three years 27 million i don't like that but anyway like I said, they don't have a cap space. The big signings on the defensive end, <clears throat> Malcolm Jenkins and DJ Swearinger, Swearinger to be your safety duo. First of all, we all know Swearinger is more of the box guy. You know, he's he's there to run, defend, and be able to blitz the passer. Um, which, you know, I might add, you're going to be playing Teddy Bridgewater and Tom Brady 
And why am I blanking on the fourth team in that division right now? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Oh, my God. The the most mobile group of three quarterbacks, they're going to play six times a year. Uh, so that does make a difference. I know that sounds stupid, a, but there won't, be a Matt Ryan, yard, there won't be a quarterback yeah. rushing yard besides Taysom Hill in that whole division, not one all year. Yeah, Teddy, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, I'll, you take a look at Teddy Bridgewater, and people want to think he's athletic, like this super mobile quarterback. He's not. Oh, he's um, not. He's not. So that being able to blitz the passer like that is going to help DJ Swearinger. He's a good pass rusher, um, a blitzer, I should say, not a pass rusher. And he's great in run. He's great in, you know, playing run defense. And then Malcolm Jenkins has just been one of the most solid, better safeties in the league for, you know, since he's been out of there. He's played, I, I honestly don't know off the top of my head. I'm assuming he played with the Saints in that Super Bowl. Can't no no that might have been before him. Anyway, he played with the Eagles in a Super Bowl. He's been on winning teams his whole life. Great leader. I absolutely love these signings. I want to talk about. I want you to talk about the Saints or whatever I said because we need to move on from that because you know we spent a long time in the intro and I'm drowning on about these Saints and there's a lot more better topics out there. But John, what do you think? No, it's uh, it, I mean. Um... Yeah, I didn't have the Saints as winners, but when you put it like this, I well, I guess the one thing I would add to it, um, and first of all, I think your description of why they're winners is good. I don't, you know, I I think you make some pretty good arguments for that. Um, it, you know, barring the the Andres Pete signing, which was pretty awful, obviously, but really bad. Um, but yeah, outside but of Melvin Gordon, the worst. As long as um, as long as Manuel Sanders is, you know, if that Achilles is going to hold up, and there's no issues, and obviously he came back a lot faster than everybody thought he would, so. If that's going to continue, then sure, why not? I mean, and, you know, you're right. That's one thing that really New Orleans has never had. Like, there's just never been a second receiver. Even when Marcus Colston was, like, the guy, there was a bunch of dudes that you're just like, you know, it was the one fantasy, like, team where you're like, okay, Breeze is awesome, and Colston, uh, I can't get him because he went too early. I'll just draft, like, somebody from the Saints, you know, and – it never, never, and none of those guys were ever any good, ever. Like, none of them had over, like, 50 catch seasons. You know, you're just like, damn it, why can't anybody else catch a pass in New Orleans? But, so, yeah, Sanders should help big time. Um, and then the one thing I would add is you talk about addition by subtraction. Getting rid of Eli Apple is, oof, great job <laughs> because there's you don't need that guy. I mean, he's been awful his whole career. So, I think he was, like, the 10th overall pick. I think that's where the Giants took him. That's unbelievable. So, um, not and, a good player. And Laquan Treadwell was the uh, 23rd pick overall by the Vikings in 2016. So, um, okay. but he was coming so up. Did he just year. go to the Saints? Yes, correct. This is the uh, beginning of the 2019 season. Uh, the Vikings cut Treadwell, but then they re-signed him a short number of weeks after. It wasn't very long that he was without a job. So, um, because they, I, I don't know if it was. Diggs or Thielen injury stuff or something different, but they just needed a third body. And uh, obviously, and then he ended up playing a decent amount last year. So, but um, yeah, that's weird too. He's one of the guys that you really, he just had that weird broken ankle injury, you know, when he was at Ole Miss, like that just was horrible and robbed him of maybe, I don't know, his speed or whatever. Like he famously didn't do well at the, I don't know if he had combine or pro day, but Either way, it wasn't like, a, you know, he ran like a slower 40 and stuff, and you're like, oh, maybe this, you know, maybe that broken ankle really messed him up. But, but man, he looked so good in college. It's a weird thing. But I don't know. 
anyways, we'll see. But um, yeah. Um, so you want to do? You want to move on to uh, one of my winners? Yeah. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Even though I picked the same four. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, we don't spend a ton of time on. Let this. me crack the knuckles. We did talk about him last week. Um, so uh, with Brendan Leister. Um, so I, one of the teams I picked, I picked the Browns. Uh, hold on. Let me rep my fandom. We good? Okay, good. All right. We're so, definitely not Browns fans here. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. This is objective. Uh, really. Really, great. though, this is an objective. They're not getting enough. They're not getting talked about enough because every media outlet's scared to talk about them again. But well, go on. It, yeah, it's the this is the NFL boomerang that happens every year. Every year you pick a team that everyone thinks is going to go to the Super Bowl, and then they don't. And then the next year, whether that team's going to be better or worse, you don't talk about them because you did it all last season. So you can't do it twice in a row, that's for sure. This is like the NFL's version or like ESPN's version of hard knocks. Like you're never going to have two teams on two years in a row. So you just kind of like skip to the next, okay, well, who should we talk about this year? Like, well, let's pick a team this year. All right. So – yeah, last year was the Browns, and this year it's not, and that's fine because who cares about any of it's that? On. So it doesn't. And and to be really, really honest here, like anybody that's ever known me knows when the Browns do something stupid, I will absolutely bury them. Like I am not Homer guy. I like if you know, like if Miles Garrett doesn't get his head sewed on straight and doesn't like stop running up the field just to run up the field all day. Like instead of breaking it down and making sure that the quarterback doesn't just slide right underneath where he, cause he's looping around every damn person to get a sack. That's great. Miles, like your 13 sacks mean nothing. If every other time they're sliding up underneath you and throwing. Hey, touchdowns. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You stop the bad. I'm kidding. You're right. No, I won't. I won't. I will not. I won't. Um, You're right. No, but anyways, like I, I'm just saying, I, I would be as objective as humanly possible about the Browns. So especially so about what the Browns. Was- what was but, your favorite signing? Favorite so, to least signings off the top of your head? The favorite Brown Ooh. signing was Austin Hooper for sure. Um, because mm. that's just such a, that's an important weapon in Stefanski's offense. Um, and again, the money, like, again, I, everywhere I look, I see, oh, but they paid him $11 million. I, I just, I, I don't think you're understanding, like, if this tight end market gets reset to where it should be, $11 million is a steal. And second of all, like we said last week, um, when all the receivers start, when Hopkins redoes his deal with Arizona, it's going to be around 20 million. You're going to get similar-ish production, and not the same, but from a pass-catching standpoint, like Hooper's going to deliver similar kind of number. He had 97 catches in 13 games last year. Mm-hmm. Like he would have had 110 easy, easy. Yeah, so, his biggest his biggest flaw is obviously separating and you know winning one-on-one matchups, but. He's yeah. not going to have to win one-on-one right. matchups. Exactly, because whose offense is he in? And, and if they are trying to put him in one-on-one matchups and he can't win, I hate to break this to some Browns fans who some reason want to hate on him, including my girlfriend who's out there and probably listening. David Njoku's a very talented tight end, one of the most athletic tight ends the NFL's ever seen. So he'll win those one-on-one matchups. That's what he does great. Yeah, there's It's... The Austin Hooper signing was fantastic. And like you said, the market's going to reset. He's going to be the fifth or sixth highest paid tight end by the end of two right. years from now. Right. And with the cap increase and all that, my I'm just going to go ahead and jump in if that's okay. Yeah. My favorite signing was two of them. Two of them. Sendejo, <clears throat> the one-year deal for $2.25 million. Part of yeah. me hates that because 
his one year deal. We're not going to get him back next year for that price. He's one of the best. He's one of the best cover cover safeties in all of N- in all of the NFL last year. He has never had a awful year covering pass pass coverage, which we talked about with Brendan Leister on the last show. Coverage is coverage fluctuates. You know, there's an argument right now between you know analysts is pass coverage or pass rushing more valuable, and it's like uh-huh. it's a never-ending argument because pass coverage is you know on numbers it's way more valuable but when you're paying people you know miles garrett's going to get 10 plus sacks for the next 10 years but by god denzel ward could just he could let up 12 touchdowns next year you never know like that's just it's something that you can't tell what's going to happen chris harris jr had a bad year last year which we'll get to in my next winners why that happened anyway but so that's one of my favorite signings they lacked that last year and i think he'll help red wine keep improving red wine showed great coverage ability in spurts last year that can help him um and then case keenum was my second favorite signing six million dollars a year for an insurance policy at quarterback is never bad here's so with with case keenum Mm -hmm. even if he never starts a game in his browns career Which which i find doubtful you know whether it's their it's Baker's banged up three years. I find it hard to believe he'll never start, but anyway, he'll definitely be worth it. The veteran presence in the locker room, helping Baker just approach game day, what he's got to do. Yep. Can't, cannot be understated. And then also just helping Baker have a veteran presence of eyes. Drew Stanton is a great leader, but the last time he played efficient football was, I don't know when, and case Keenum's played pretty high level football. The last three years, not elite, but good enough to play in the NFL, by damn it. So, I like those signings. Um, John, I have to go leave the room real quick. Talk about your other signings you like. Okay, sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with the Browns, the one thing I wanted to bring up for sure is just the, the money, the contracts for all these deals, like uh, a lot of one-year deals, things like that. Chandler just mentioned, uh, um, Zendejo, um, you know, Carl Joseph. Like, I just think that they approach this from an excellent standpoint where, you know, they're not, um, you're landing, first of all, you're landing positions of need, like Conklin, obviously, uh, Hooper, you know, needed a tight end, uh, especially if, Chandler said Njoku is super talented, but it doesn't mean that he's ever going to figure out how to stop dropping the ball or, you know, anything like that. So you might, he might have all the athleticism in the world, but if the guy just can't play football, that's obviously a problem. So, but the bottom line is that the, the money with all of these deals, the, the length of time, the contracts, you know, the money, that's the part that I think they're really knocking out of the park. And that's the reason why I put them in the winner's list. It, you know, the, the names that you're signing obviously matters and, you know, Conklin, things like that, but, like not overpaying for Conklin, you know, not, and technically you overpaid for Hooper because he's the top tight end in the NFL. And we know he's not the best tight end in the NFL. I'm just saying from a strictly technical standpoint, it is true to say you overpaid for him because technically that is correct. But, but it's, but $11 million for a guy that can, you know, deliver that kind of production. It's just, that's stupid. That's stupid value. It's so good. So um, from basically every deal that they made uh, has just, you know, one after the other has been impressive. 
uh, from a you know contract standpoint, um, the money they're giving out, it's been great. So that's why I put the Browns on my winners list. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And <clears throat> John, I'm going to ask you this just so you guys know that we don't script this. We're running at like 45 minutes right now for time, and we do have like three or four listener questions. So do you just want to talk about two winners, two losers from each of our teams? We and then like the other. I can be really quick. I promise. Okay. Um, well, I'm only going to talk. Wait, I'm going to do my next winner. You ready? You ready? Yeah. Here, my next winner is Arizona. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So, I love it. Yeah. Somebody. And dumping David Johnson. Somebody, the Bill O'Brien raised his hand in the back of the room and said, I have this really, really great prime asset to get rid of. I don't want anything major in return. If you have like kind of a has-been washed up running back, I'm collecting them. I don't know if I told you. I'm collecting them. I have two. I'd like to get a third one now. Uh, What do you got for me? And Arizona, I don't know if they were just fastest to the phone. I don't know if other teams just didn't realize like, I don't even know how that happened. Like, there needs to be a 30 for 30 on this deal, how this deal specifically came about. How- Can you imagine? No, if the Saints, I can't. If the Saints said, I will give you the backup running back who I can't even think of who. Oh, I'll give you Latavius Murray. Yeah, I was going to say, the Vikings, dude. <laughs> Latavius Murray. I'll give you a third-round pick and then whatever else you want. And he would have been like, nope, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. But, like, can you call up – yeah, call up Sean Payton and be like, hey, man, uh, first of all, sorry about the coronavirus. I'm glad you're – hopefully you're getting better. Uh, that's awesome. Um, but uh, can we get Michael Thomas from you – wait, 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 before you hang up the phone. Hold on, hold on. I got a second-round pick to offer and an old shitty running back. What do you – now what do you think, huh, Sean? Huh? Come on, let's make a deal, buddy. Yeah, I'll take, it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Deal. Deal or no deal? Let's make a deal. Sorry, if you don't watch The Office, you probably think I'm just a psycho asshole, but it's a Michael Scott quote. But Arizona I agree. went from in 2018, Arizona was the worst offense in the NFL. They had a rookie Kyler Murray, a rookie head coach, and they significantly improved their offense. And now you're adding DeAndre Hopkins to that. Good for them. Congrats. That's you know my hot take. Mm-hmm. Please. There's a good chance, in my opinion, if the Cardinals can knock out this draft, maybe make one or two defensive moves and free agency still they can win the nfc west this is we'll talk about this on a later pod uh the 49ers are a perfect perfect candidate for a disappointing ass season uh chicago bears may you please come to the table that's what they are they are the 2018 chicago bears in a nutshell they have a better quarterback but much better and they have a better coach but and the Seahawks, who anyone that listens to this show knows that I am probably the biggest Russell Wilson fan in the history of non-Seahawks fans. But for some reason, they have, if it weren't for Bill Bryan, maybe the worst coach in the NFL, simply because he refuses to make it a pass-first offense. Beyond my, uh, whatever. And then yeah. the Rams, the Rams are a shithole. They put a lot of money into a team they thought they could win an NFL Super Bowl with. But if you listen to any professional athlete talk, getting to the big, biggest stage and losing and even winning sometimes is so mind-consuming that if if you're not if you're not veter- if you don't have veterans if you are not just mentally tough enough, it's hard to get back there. Jared Goff's young. Todd Gurley was young. 
defense was young. I, it's, you know, so I don't know what's going on there. But anyway, well, Cardinals could possibly win the NFC West. It is not out of the realm of possibility by any means. No. They have the best wide receiver group in that division. It's not even close. It's going to come down to quarterback play. If Murray can, you know, take another step forward, then they have a chance. If he plays similar to what he did or he just doesn't progress or kind of regresses, obviously they're in a lot of trouble. So, yep. I'll say this. If 28-year-old Jimmy G doesn't get any better, which, you know, damn. John, you know, has has he really improved that much since he's gotten to the league? I would say no. He's still just an average quarterback. They will not. This 49ers will bounce back if Jimmy G is not a good quarterback next year. Defenses do not replicate the way the 49ers did last year. Yeah, it's just how it is. And but, historically speaking, losing the Super Bowl is not good for your playoff chances the following year. So it is not, and losing your best receiver, um, yeah. and best defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. But you do get a 13 overall pick. That's huge. Um, my, I'm going to talk about two other winners um, okay. in five seconds. Dolphins. Filled in a lot of starting positions with good veteran players. Um, Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy, huge signings in my opinion. Eric Flowers, bad. Excuse me. Buccaneers, short-term winners. You get Tom Brady. That's it. That wins you the free agency. Tom Brady is a a way above average quarterback. Still a top 10 quarterback. Hasn't had a receiver duo like this since Randy Moss. Was in Randy Moss, and you know, or you could even argue, argue Gronk and Hernandez on the same team that as just as lethal. But he hasn't seen an offense like this in years. And then the Chargers. This is the team I want to talk about. I'm going to give myself about two minutes, and then I'm going to let John talk because I actually really like his Colts and Ravens thing. The Chargers. They add a show favorite, Chris Harris Jr., best slot cornerback in the NFL, even Ever. statistically. In NFL history, yeah, uh, played outside last year, partially because he wanted out of there, partially because he had to play out there. Played bad. He's yeah. not bad. The deal he was signed, I think it's two year, twenty million, right? Uh, don't have it on hand, but yeah, I think it's something like oh, that. Sorry, I think I have it actually. I don't know why I said like, John, why don't you come on? You ever watch the Joe Rogan podcast? Come on, Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> uh, okay, so he agreed to a two year. $17 million contract with okay. max value of 20 with incentives. Only $7.5 million guaranteed. I'm assuming other teams offered that or more, and he chose the Chargers because any team that didn't offer that should fire their GM immediately. Um, <laughs> we'll stick on the defensive side. Yeah, Linval Joseph, just an absolute monster of a player. Um, we all know him for his speed at his size uh, that he reached on that fumble recovery two two plus years ago. But last year, he had a down year. Most of the Minnesota Vikings did. You know, he is an above-average run defender, pretty below-average pass rusher, about average for a defensive tackle. Good signing. You you didn't, like, you didn't break the bank with him. Two-year, $17 million, worth up to 19. That's not bad for a proven defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. The offensive side of the ball, though, is what really intrigues me. Brian Bulaga... Really team-friendly deal. 10-year, $3 million. I mean, Brian Balaga is just a top tackle in the league. Will not blow you away, but he will not let you get hurt. Um, Austin Eckler, this is the first team-friendly running back signing I've ever seen of a player that's good. Austin no, Eckler, that deal. It was awesome. When I watch Austin Eckler play, I think he's better than Melvin Gordon. He's able to... 
he's able to be elusive, break out of tackles. He's great in the passing game, which Melvin Gordon's not. And Austin can run between the tackles, which is just a, it's an odd skill set that not a lot of players have. Yeah. Four years, twenty-four million, only fifteen million guaranteed. Yep. Um, so basically, I mean, not this is not, but just in layman's terms, you know, after two years, you can basically get out of that, and the dead cap would be pretty insignificant. So you well, really you're stuck with you know do you know do you remember what they were going to offer Melvin Gordon last summer before when he was going to hold out? Do you remember what the offer? Am was? Am I crazy or was it four year forty million? So it was it, I can't remember the years, but it was going to be eight million a year, and then. He says, no, I want more. And they say, fine, go spit. And then they just play the season with Eckler, and he's fantastic. Gordon comes back, yeah. obviously, he plays. And now you sign Eckler for $2 million less than you were going to offer Gordon, and you're going to get yeah. similar, if not you know, exact same production. It's, incredi- it's a great deal. This is what – I don't think the running back market is going to reset anytime soon. They're going to keep overpaying. But for Browns fans listening, I know we have a lot of Browns fans. If you're not, I'm sorry. Just bear with me for one second. If the if the Browns can get Nick Chubb on a nine million or less nine million or less a year deal, I'm all for it. If not, you just can't pay running backs. This is a good deal. Running backs are not essential to winning a championship. Then the the last two on offense, Hunter Henry franchise tagging him. That's a good move. Honestly, I almost this would have been risky, but as a GM, I would have almost tried to sign him. Obviously, he wouldn't have to accept it. Try to sign him, though, because if Hunter Henry can stay healthy for a season, by God, he might be the highest-paid tight end in the year next year, tight end in the NFL next year. Um, I'm not sure if Kittle's contract will be up, or Kelsey, for that matter, or Ertz. But Hunter Henry's super talented. He just cannot stay healthy. Uh, So franchise tagging him, no big deal. Trey Turner, offensive guard from the Panthers. Yep. He's he that I thought that was overhyped. He's not very good. He's just really not that good. He won a Pro Bowl, so after you win a Pro Bowl, everyone says Pro Bowl. Pro Bowls mean absolutely nothing. Let me tell you, Pro Bowls mean nothing. It just means that your 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 fan base is good at voting. That's that's really all it means. Um, give me all pros all day. You know, give me uh, the fact that uh, um, what the hell is his name? The left tackle from Green Bay. Oh. Uh, not the Packers. Bulaga. You're talking about somebody else? Oh, no, no, no. Bulaga is the right tackle. Uh, David oh. Bakhtiari. Oh, Bakhtiari. Sorry. Good call. Bakhtiari oh. has been the best tackle in football for three years now, and he has not gone to the Pro Bowl all three years. That's like that's what I'm trying to say. Like That's the epitome of, oh, okay, so he won a Pro Bowl, but is he all pro? Because Bakhtiari has been all pro left tackle the, those three years. But anyway. Yeah. So Trey Turner got, got blown out of proportion. Chargers are still my winners because they now have the best defensive back unit in all of football. Um, if they all play to the level that they have before, it'll be the best defensive back unit in the history of football. I'm making that bold statement. Obviously, like I just said, coverage, it fluctuates so much every year. We don't know if Derwin James will ever be as good as he was his rookie year. We don't know if um, you know King will ever step back up to the level of play he once was. We don't know if Chris Harris Jr., for God's sake, will – Go just transition right into the inside again. But they have good pass rushers. They, they There's a very good chance that this could happen. Pass rushers will help them in coverage. Um, but, yeah, I really like what the Chargers did. You got to go after Cam, dude. 
You have to go after Cam Newton if you're the Chargers. Yeah, there you go. Opinion. I was just going to ask, who's going to throw the ball in, uh, in L.A. there? Yeah, you got to go after Cam Newton. Yeah, so um, I think this was a listener question, wasn't it? By Norman, maybe? No. Um, Somebody asked where we think Cam Newton will be throwing the ball, right? I was looking through the question. I don't remember that one. Oh! I might have missed one. It was on my Facebook. It was on my Facebook, I believe. Oh, cool. Where do you think Cam Newton will go next? Will he be an asset anywhere or bust? Taron Contreras, thank you for the question. Here is my answer. I think Cam Newton goes to the Chargers. I think he's an asset. You know, if if you're comparing him to his 2015, I believe that's the year, MVP season, I would say he's going to be a bust. I don't think he'll ever be that level again. But if you talk about can he help this team win in the in the now, I think he can. When was the last time Cam Newton had weapons like this while he was healthy? Obviously, he's had CMC in his backfield with him, but he has not been consistently healthy. If you give Cam Newton a healthy Hunter Henry, a healthy Keenan Allen, a healthy Mike um, Williams, a healthy Austin Eckler, it's a it's a filthy team. Now, if you go Cam Newton, you have to go tackle at six or seven, wherever they're drafting. Uh, I believe you got to go tackle there. A lot of people right. are going to say the sexy pick, Isaiah Simmons. I I would almost always say yes, but the Chargers have just not had their left tackle and for what seems like ever. Get Cam Newton protected. If you got the right side. You've got Trey Turner in there now. The most important thing, if you have Cam Newton, is keeping him healthy. Go get that tackle. But I think he will be an asset, and I think he's going to go to the Chargers because I think they're going to attempt to get him pretty pretty heavily. Well, I was just looking up to uh, see what their cap situation was. Um, after a couple of these free agency deals, see if they had the room to add him in. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's interesting. Um, yeah, but I mean, that that would be the – because if that doesn't happen, if you're – you know, let's say you're the Chargers and you're like, yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't like Cam Newton or whatever. We're just gonna, you know, we're not gonna, we're gonna ignore that. Um, then you got you got to think that they, yeah, it's gonna say they got to take a quarterback right at six. Like, when are you gonna be up that high again? Especially with this roster. This roster is not bad. Like, they're good. So, like, if they can, you know, figure out an offensive line a little bit, obviously that's been an issue the last couple of years. So, so I'm. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I I heard a little bit of an echo, but oh. it went away. Okay. Good. Okay. Perfect. Um, so I'm looking at the Chargers cap space right now, mm-hmm. and what it seems to me the way they set up Linval, uh, Joseph, Austin Eckler, and Chris Harris, um, base salaries, well, they're all their base salaries are below, are two million or lower. Chris Harris gets two million. Linval Joseph. 1.5 million, Austin Eckler, 1.5 million, even Bulaga, 1.5 million. They have a pretty heavy signing bonus. Um, and then Austin Eckler gets a roster bonus. But so I think they might have done that to set up to be able to go spend a quarterback this year and then restructure their contracts like the Saints have been doing. But um, they do have the cap space to get it right now. They have $22 million in cap space, estimated. Okay. You can get Cam Newton for, I would say, 22 or cheaper million dollars a year, especially if you do heavy guarantee, maybe even a one-year deal. I don't know. I think that's where he's going to go, though. Um, 
John, we've spent too much time on the Chargers, so sadly, I'm not going to ask you what you think of my thing, so I'm just going to be right about everything. Because I okay. want to talk about the Colts and the Ravens. I want to hear what you have to say, because I really like both of what they did in free agency. So, with the Ravens, um, the and again, this is another trade. Like, we... we Maybe maybe they can do the thing where like they uh, you know you see the interviews with like the witness and it's like uh, completely like blacked out right like you can't see my face and then they have the voice right the deep voice like it's like well we thought that we could trade Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick we thought that would be really good value and like we need, we need to be on the inside of these trades to find out like how in the hell like who Calais Campbell so they just. They're just like called him up and said like, "Hey, we're gonna give you a fifth round pick for Campbell. What do you think?" And everyone, like everyone in the room at Jacksonville, was like, "Oh, a fifth? Yes! Oh my God! This super productive, one of a kind. Like, I know he's not. I know he's over thirty, but like he's been phenomenal. And they just got a fifth. They just flipped a fifth round pick to Jacksonville, and, Clay, and Campbell is like, oh, "Great! I'll go play for a winner. I can't wait. This is phenomenal. You guys have done everything if you can, can to destroy this defense in Jacksonville. Meanwhile, I'm just gonna go over to Baltimore." And be on a really good team. This is insane. If you, can, if you can list me, anyone listening, if you can list me 10 defensive ends better than him, I'll, I'll listen. But there's probably not. He's, he's outrageous. And, and it's, the, I've said, I'm pretty sure I said this on the last podcast. I don't know. I've probably talked about it before. I know I've talked about it with John. The, the Ravens had one flaw last year. They had one thing wrong with their roster. That was being able to get to the passer without a blitz. They just went and got Clays Campbell and Michael Brockers and brought back yeah. Matt Judon. Who, Matt Judon, if you look closely, most of his stats were, you know, he had, you know, his stats were inflated. Well, they, like, they franchise tagged him. That's, that's that, yeah, that's yeah. here or there. He's going to yeah. be able to do the same damn thing with Clayus Campbell and Michael Brockers there. Now, but here's the thing. I bet you I would. the reason why I like them a lot is, is because they uh, tagged Judon. I think they're going to trade him, and I'll bet you they end up getting a lot more for him than he's really worth because yeah. I think yeah. that was a really smart idea to, to tag him and then see if you can move him at some point. I would not be shocked if that happens. And if it does, that's a really, really good move because he's a fine player, but he's not going to be whatever – you know, he's not worth whatever they're going to get for him. So they're going to get I a keep coming back. I keep coming back to the Ravens do almost everything right. The Ravens almost do nothing wrong as an organization. It's annoyingly painful. Yeah. But when they let Zadarius Smith go, I was why? He was one of your best defenders. And mm -hmm. then you keep Matt Judon, which whatever, you had him under contract. But if this team had Zadarius Smith, Michael Brockers, Brandon Williams, and Calais Campbell coming at you mm -hmm. as your front four – yeah, okay. I I wouldn't play Baker against them. Okay. Sit Baker both games. You're not winning. Right. Sit him. If, if you're the yeah. Steelers, like, sit right. Ben Roethlisberger. He can't take that hit. If you're Joe Burrow, just go back you're to up, Louisiana. Kate. You're on vacation for the week. Like, no. Yep. So, I the the Ravens did freaking fantastic. Of course, yep. obviously. Now we have to deal with them again. They're not gonna bounce back. They're not gonna have a step back. Uh, their defense was pretty good. It's going to be better this year. Their offense is going to be better. Uh, our only chance, you know, the only hope you have is that you get a couple lucky breaks early against them. If you go up, your chances of winning are going to go up tremendously. The problem is they strike first like a snake half the time. Um, 
Yeah, I love that one. And then the Colts, I feel like that's kind of the same as my Saints reasoning. It's a, it's a lot of short-term value. But what what was your reasoning for the Colts being and the winners? Really, it's really just Rivers, to be honest with you. Like, I, I just think that if, uh, if you're the Colts, um, you know, if you're looking at your roster, you know, you're really – you really are just a quarterback away. Like if yeah. they can stay healthy on defense, um, then, you know, which has been an issue for them, obviously. And they have some, they have some really nice players on defense as well, but if they can put it all together one year and you have that offensive line, which is a fantastic offensive line and rivers is a very good quarterback when he is not pressured, when he is, you know, and he's a gunslinger guy. Like when he's getting pressured, he's still going to try to, you know, zip it in there and try to, you know, just make a play happen, which that's how, you know, he throws a lot of interceptions too. But I mean, this has been, he's been a very good quarterback his entire career. Um, and now he has an offensive line. I, I just think that if you were the Colts heading into this year with that roster construction, I think this is a good time to sign a guy like that for one year. It's 25, 25 million guaranteed. And just go for it. Take a shot. Like, you know, Bill O'Brien's trading away all the good things that Houston ever had. So you don't have to worry about them, most likely, except, I mean, somehow Deshaun Watson keeps getting that team to the playoffs, which at this point, he's probably eligible for sainthood, at least in Houston, if not around the world. Um, he's already a Hall of Fame quarterback because what he's done. <laughs> Jacksonville, at some point, if there's ever, like, Jacksonville makes me feel good about being a Browns fan. I'm just going to put that, okay? Whenever I think how sad I am as a Browns fan, I think about Jacksonville, and it makes me somewhat happy. At least my soul is less crushed because of their simple existence. That's a good thing. So, And then Tennessee is on my list of losers, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I just, I just think you really have a shot. And if it's only even just for this year, like you can still draft Jordan Love if you want to. You can still take Herbert if he happens to fall or whatever. Like, if you want to take a quarterback for the future, that's I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's a really smart move, and you probably should. But you got a really good team right now. Go for it. And they did, and I like that. I think that's a smart move. So, but uh, yep. So those were the winners. Yeah, I. So you look at their roster, and the only thing that they need is a second linebacker. Um, Jabal Sheard. They're. Uh, other defensive tackle beside DeForest Buckner now had a bad year, but being between yeah, Buckner he's, and he's Houston most of the time. Oh, is he? Yeah, Sheard left the team, so I can't remember if they he got signed somewhere else. But PFF I'll... update your damn rosters anyway. Yeah, you give Rivers the best offensive line he's ever played behind. Uh, yeah, you obviously would like to see a tight end somehow, which I don't know how you're going to get that now. So that's pretty much off the table, but. They need a second wide receiver. You need a second wide receiver. This is the year, whether you have to go trade for him, if you have to draft, this is the deep wide receiver class. Yeah. Um, you're going to have one. to hit on one. Like This team has enough holes where you can't just take a bunch of receivers and hope you hit on one. Like, you're going to probably, you're, you're going to want another cornerback. I Rocky Sin and Marvin Tell were like very good last year for rookies. But your two starting outside cornerbacks being rookies is a scary thing. Um, now that they don't have to go up against Hopkins twice, and you know they have Jacksonville to play twice, it's it's not as terrifying. Um, mm -hmm. And signing Tannehill back, which, um, but they don't have a lot of holes. But they have a couple of. They need a second. They need a second edge rusher bad. Uh, they need to fill that spot bad. But. This is this is a Super Bowl caliber team. There's always a team 
the 49ers last year. You know, I would even say the Rams, like obviously people thought they were good. No one thought the Rams two years ago were going to probably go to the Super Bowl, even after that tremendous run they had the year before. I, what I'm saying is there's always a team that, you know, maybe wasn't projected to go there, but has the capabilities. The Colts have all the capability in the world. They have, they have the capability to do it. But to do it, I think they need to get that second wide receiver. That's the most glaring thing to me. Like, Pascal is okay. not going to do it. As they Pascal. currently stand right now, before the draft happens, and before anything else happens in free agency, if you got to pick one team to win the AFC South next year, as they currently stand, who would it be? Because for me, it's the Colts without even thinking about it. I think it'd be the Titans still. And, and this is the, my reasoning. Tannehill's signing was piss poor. But I don't think he's going to have such a steep drop-off that he can't win you games, especially if Derrick Henry... Like, I don't think Derrick Henry's success is related to Jack Conklin being his right tackle. Um, and I think oh, Mike Vrabel no, that's, has... That's I think Mike Vrabel has instilled this culture that it's just it's irreplaceable. But the Colts are like... It's not like, oh, the Titans, the Colts. It's like, uh, maybe the Titans because they're they've been together longer? But then, you know, you also, it's like the Colts because Phillip Rivers is hungry to just finally win that one Super Bowl and they have a great team. They won, what, seven or eight games with Jacoby Brissett last year? Still a good team. I, I, to be honest, I hate the DeForest Bunkner for the 13th pick in the 13th pick in the draft. I, I, I don't like it. I don't. I think defensive tackle, unless you're giving me Aaron, Aaron Donald, I, I don't know that it's so valuable that I give away the 13th pick in the draft. But maybe he proves me wrong. Maybe he performs just as well as he did on the best defensive line in the NFL last year. Well, I don't know. I think, I think I could, the argument I could, against that would be that, like, Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw, like, they're going to go – probably they would go in the top 13. You know what I mean? So yeah. So that's the yeah, argument just, for that. I it's like, eh, I would if you draft one in the top seven, then why wouldn't you? You could trade the thirteenth overall pick for a really good one too. You know I guess I mean? if if so. I were if I were constructing this is just off the top of my head. I haven't really thought about this, but Michael Pierce was a free agent. I would have tried to sign Michael Pierce because you're going to be playing against Derrick Henry twice a year, which and Leonard Fournette twice a year, which you don't specifically build your team just to beat win four games. But Michael Pierce. Helping slow down Derrick Henry and Leonard Fournette, I think, would be huge. DeForest Bunkter, obviously, is going to help you get to Tannehill on the play action and Deshaun Watson just running, you know, haywire. Mm -hmm. But I just think at 13, you could have got so many players. at You could have filled so many different positions. But that's here or there. Maybe the player that they wanted, is they think, could be there. In this, maybe they're, you know, looking at Jordan Elliott that nobody's talking about. Um, but what they did not do anything wrong. I'm just nitpicking. I obviously had them in my winners as well. I'm just, you know, playing <laughs> devil's advocate for them. Um, I, like I would use this time before we go to the losers to rep our sponsor Bovada, but there's nothing to bet on because sports are canceled. Yeah, but I don't think many people know about that. So maybe take a second to tell everybody because that's pretty cool. Okay. So, uh, if you go to bavada.lv, you can gamble on sports when they're back. Uh, when you're going to have the itch for the NBA when it comes back. Uh, or the NFL. But if you go to 
any of our social medias. There will be a link in there. Uh, I'm not going to include it in this because there's no point in depositing money right now. There's nothing to look forward to. So I don't think anybody will click on it. But we'll leave links in the podcast and stuff. And you go there and you can get a 50%. You can double your money by 150%. So maybe not double. What? Okay. John's going to put in $50. Bavada's going to say, hey, thank you for using the referral link. You get you get an extra $25. Now you'll have $75. A free $25 to go spend on sports betting. And it helps us out a ton. And I will put out a way more informative video on this when the time comes for sports betting. But, yeah, stay tuned cool. for that. Um. So let's talk about losers. And let's talk about losers. I, yeah, damn losers. I don't want to spend a ton of time on my list because my list was pretty much your list. Um, so I'm going to run through mine real quick and give reason. Bengals, okay. you way overpaid for um, Trey Waynes. I mean, just that yeah. was probably the worst signing of all free agency. You, That's a weird you, deal. For some, you somehow stole Alexander. I mean, that was a great deal. One of the one of the better nickel cornerbacks in the NFL. Absolutely great deal. DJ Reader, one of the best nose tackles in the NFL. But you could have just signed Billings back to a three year deal worth half of that. Yeah. And you would have got the same same amount of wins. Um, you didn't do anything to help out your buddy Joe Burrow. I I thought they lost. Spent a lot of money on worthlessness. The yeah. Vikings. You let every single person go worth note, and you somehow paid Kirk Cousins even more money than he already had. What the hell is going on there? And who is Kirk Cousins dating in that free agent in that front office to that get all this weird. money? I don't understand it. Um, the Broncos. You let Chris Harris Jr. go, but you trade for AJ Bouye to try to like counteract that. But that's that's not that's not the same thing. That's like. Selling your Nikes to get a pair of Walmart shoes, which Walmart shoes are still like Walmart shoes nowadays. That's all my dress shoes are Walmart shoes. They look cool, they're cheap, they're stylish. But in the long haul, my Nikes will last longer. Chris Harris Jr. is better. That's whatever. Um, and then you sign you sign Melvin Gordon for what damn reason? You've got a thousand yard rusher two years in a row. It that was a stupid signing. Very bad. Um, also you shouldn't have franchise tag Justin Simmons I think he's going to have another great year and he's just going to be worth even more money that's just my two cents about it um, and then the Cowboys everyone you might think it's because of someone they signed the Cowboys are losers because you refuse to freaking sign Dak Prescott yes, I don't thank know you. what thank you. the thank fudge you. is going thank on I will leave a link to the description in the bio. Go read the article I wrote about Dak Prescott right now. Pause the podcast. Pause the video. I don't care. Dak Prescott is a very good quarterback. And statistically, I, w- I would say the knock on Dak Prescott is Dinkin' Dak. That's the thing. Dinkin' Dak. That's, that's not a real false. thing, though. I think that's That is BS. so false. He... Is the he throws the most yards per attempt of any player in their first? I don't remember the years, but he throws the most yards of any player in their first so many. I think maybe like four or five years in the NFL ever history. That's not that's not dunking it. 
That's not a yeah. dink and dunk. He throws the ball. He wins games. Like, don't give me the Zeke Elliott as a running back. Don't give me the best offensive line and whatever. A lot of a lot of quarterbacks have had a really good running back and a really good offensive line and have not won games. You could have signed him for pennies on the dollar when he started winning you games, but you're like, well, we got him for really cheap, so we might as well. Like, that's just bad management. That's like if if Baker Mayfield has a good year this year and the Browns decide to not sign him to an extension, I think it would be a really poor decision because, hey, what if he gets even better in year four and then, oh, shit, now we're paying him Russell Wilson money. Or like what they did to Russell Wilson – just wait and wait and wait and wait. Like, do what the Vikings are doing with Kirk Cousins, but do it with actually good quarterbacks. Yeah. Sorry, that was me. Kirk no. Cousins is a quarterback. Do it with great quarterbacks, I should say. In the, but that's the point. Yeah, he's he's good. He's mediocre. He's not. You know what I mean? Like he's he's above average. He's not like a world beater. So, but um, exactly. in the in the free agency tracker article that I've been writing and. Uh, I do apologize. Uh, I did. I had a pretty bad stomach bug over the weekend, so I really didn't get any updating done. So I definitely need to get back into that. But um, yeah, timeout or stay away. Stay away, Cross. Corona. I was like, you only have two timeouts left. You sure you want to use one? That's a really dumb call right now. Okay, that's fine. I'll let you use it. All right. So, but anyways, that's the only thing. The one thing I wrote about the Amari Cooper signing, I was like, look, I don't have anything really negative to say about this. I just, why can't they find the money to pay Dak? Like, what well, they can, they have paid everybody on that team except for a quarterback, and they locked into finding him. I mean, first of all, the Raiders wanted to take him, and they, what's it called? Uh, Dallas ended up taking him before that, so the Raiders ended up with Connor Cook. They were like, oh, they were like, well, we like Dak slightly better than Cook, but. The Cowboys took uh, Prescott, so they were like, all right, well, I guess we'll just take Connor Cook. That's how that's how close you can be between Dak Prescott and Connor Cook. Do you see the way the two franchises have gone since then? It's not an accident. Second of all, um, with regards to, like, when, when you – oh, and then if Tony Romo doesn't get hurt, we don't even – Dak doesn't even play right away. You don't even know what you have. In, in, it was because of an injury. Yeah, and why are you locking down Amari Cooper if you're not going to have a quarterback for the future? There's no point in having a $20 million a year receiver yeah. with no quarterback. Yeah. There, you will never, ever, ever, as a franchise, get back-to-back third, fourth, fifth-round quarterbacks that can just become a top-ten quarterback. Like It just doesn't happen. It's insane. It does not happen. You're not going to have oh. it happen again. Sign Dak Prescott. Yeah, even though you're screwed now, you've backed yourself up against the wall. Sign him. I don't care if he's the highest-paid quarterback in the league. The market will reset. The cap will increase with the new um, collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. Sign him. Just yep. sign him. Quarterback is the most important piece in any sport ever. Sign him. I keep looking over here like this is where the the camera's up here. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. It's all right. Um, but, yeah. So that's my losers. Um, we'll, stay in, we'll stay in Texas. John, and talk about your first team on the list of losers because, by God, they have just done awful, awful. Simple. Yeah, Houston, again, just I, – again, I, I just don't I, – I really mean this when I say this. Like, we need a documentary. We need behind the scenes. We need phones bugged. We need, you know, flies on walls. I don't care what, but I got to find out the story. Like, Nobody leaked this information. 
even if it's like, you know, like a being John Malkovich situation where someone actually goes inside Bill O'Brien's head and lives there for like a week, if they could rummage around in that vast empty space and just figure out, pluck out the, where, where did the idea start? Like what misfired synapse did that idea start with where it was like, you know what, you know what would make us better? Less DeAndre Hopkins. That guy has been holding us back. I mean, we did blow one of the biggest playoff leads in history against the eventual Super Bowl chance, and that pretty much was DeAndre Hopkins' fault. He is directly responsible for that. If if I had an extra second round pick and I had uh, David Johnson, we we probably win that game. Let's be honest. So I, I I really can't. I just don't even know what the hell is happening. And if I were Deshaun Watson. I would have walked right into the owner's office that second and said, I don't, I will play out this contract, but I'm not going to be here a second longer until this guy is gone because some trade people, me. The, the, and the, the weird part about it is he seems to be a fine coach. Like they have had success. They made the playoffs. I think it's four and won the division four out of the last six years. So it's not like he, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. And every time they get to the postseason, they're starting you know, TJ Yates and these other quarterbacks, like their quarterbacks, are, they're always hurt. So he's having to have, you know, try to win playoff games with second and third string quarterbacks. So I don't even think he's that terrible of a coach, but my God, what, why this guy cannot, maybe nobody can be the coach and the GM. Maybe it's just not possible. Maybe it's too much. Let someone else do this because he is not good at it. And I don't know why no one stopped him so far. Like, this is it's insane, insane that they traded him for that. That's unbelievable. In the prime of his career, 28 years old, and you're like, nah, we don't need him. Get him off this team. It's unbelievable. But, yeah, Houston, huge loser for that reason. Um, my second team was uh, Tennessee. And whoa, really- whoa, whoa. Whoa. I want to bash on Bill O'Brien if that's okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm here so- for all the Bill O'Brien bashing. I, I just I do not understand why you trade a top five receiver in the NFL when you have a top five quarterback in the NFL for a second round pick, which statistically basically means nothing. Statistically, a second round pick is almost worthless. I mean, obviously you're going to get good second round picks. You get good undrafted free agents, Chris Frickin Harris Jr. For God's sake, but a second round pick is not. Is the furthest thing from a surefire situation. Like, well, I, I just do not understand it. The whole draft I mean, but yes, you're right. That's a good point. Like, especially with your GM being Bill O'Brien, it's basically worthless. It's almost <laughs> worthless. So it's worse in his hands, right? He's turning instead of the uh, what's called the golden touch. He's got like the you know just turns everything to shit. If he touches the second round pick, it's gonna just disintegrate in your hands. Just he's got the Charmin touch. Right. Charmin, yeah, there, Charmin oh, touch. There, Anyway, so this whether this tra- if this trade went through first of all, Bill O'Brien deserves to be incarcerated, put in prison. But this is my this is my new favorite uh, obsession is figuring out how to get Deshaun Watson to the New England Patriots. Mm. So then I can become a Patriots fan. But why would you want to do as that? Lo- if Bill because I like winners. And if Deshaun Watson, for God's sake, is on the Patriots and Bill Belichick stays there, I'm guaranteeing another four rings. But anyway. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Stop. Timeout. I'm using one of my timeouts now. You can be a Browns fan, which you are, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
you can still appreciate other like I can watch the Patriots with when they were winning games with Tom Brady and appreciate really good football, appreciate Bill Belichick, right? Absolutely. You don't, you don't have to be a fan. Like you, you, you're a I fan am of, a fan of that. You're a fan of one team. That's it. No, 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 no. So no. Here's the thing with college sports, I'm not a fan of any team. With the NFL, like, yeah. I am so loyal to my teams that to a fault. Obviously, I'm a Cleveland fan. But over these last few few months, I've just been like, why not be fans of good things? So no, I obviously no. no, 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 no. You have to listen to my thing of fan. I'm not out here buying merchandise. I'm not out here hoping they beat my team. It's just okay. like I can be a fan of what the Patriots have built. They've built a good team. It's just like why I I I think it's dynasties. Like towards the end of it, I was just like. I really appreciate what the Warriors have done. Like, it's actually really impressive. Before KD especially, but even after KD, like, to manage all those talents is one thing. The Miami Heat, when they had those superstars, like... No, listen, and then my favorite of all time... You think it's impressive to add two of the best players in basketball to your team? You think that's impressive? And make it work? And make it work four years in a row. But only get bested by the best dynasty in all of sports history. The San Antonio Spurs. Like, yes, I think those things are fun. I root for those things. I don't know why in the hell people are like, oh, God damn it, I hate the Patriots. God damn it, I hate the Warriors. Well, it's like, if the Warriors and the Patriots weren't around these last, you know, five years, what is there to, wa- what is there to watch? Watching mediocre, but like, okay, your team got there, but it was mediocre show. Like, the Super Bowl this past year, I wasn't even locked in. I was just like, Okay, so it's a mediocre really? quarterback versus the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now. Like, it's not even fun. I d- wow, watching. I had, a, I had a lot of fun with that Super Bowl. The last with last the year, especially the watching watching the Chiefs versus the Patriots. That was the best football game I've ever watched in my entire life. The AFC so, Championship. Game. Did you like the Patriots Rams Super Bowl? I the did. Seven, I thought the it was, seven to three success, where you're like. It was really, it was really oh stale God. game for, the, for the classic fan, like for the uh, not classic fan for the, just fan tuning in because it's a Super Bowl. Yeah. But I thought the way that a very outmatched Patriots roster was able to just like, hey, dude, I've been here six times. I mean, I've won six of these. I <laughs> back off. I won five of these at that point. Yeah. Just I've got this. Uh, I thought that. No, like, no. I think that's. I, I think it's super interesting to watch Bill Belichick work. And how he's able to just even work the trade market, the free agency market, whatever oh, no. it is. That stuff I love, absolutely. And I'm not saying I'm, but, I'm just saying I think if you use the word appreciate instead of fan, I think that's that's your statement. That's what you're saying because you're not really no, a fan. You don't root for the team. Like you're not a fan I, of that team. You just I am, appreciate what they do. Especially since I've been podcasting, like I am a fan of that. Like I want teams to be, I, I like. Talking points are fun. Watching great sports is fun. That's why, like, I when the Warriors are good again next year, yeah. Sorry for those of you listening that thinks the Warriors dynasty over. It's far from over. Um, you still have the best shooting backcourt in NBA history coming back next year with the first overall pick, which yeah. they could trade for even more leverage. But it, that's story for another time. I am a fan of these things. I'm not a fan personally of what the Patriots do. If they win the Super Bowl, it's really cool. If they lose the Super Bowl. I sleep fine the next night. The, the Browns lose week seven. I'm pissed off. I'm shaking the entire night. It's like stupid. But so I'm loyal to a fault, but I am a fan of these things. So, John. Yes, sir. Bring, bring.
Bring, bring. Oh. You're Bill Bryan. I'm calling you right now. Hold on. Hey, Let me get my stupid voice on. Hold on. Hello? <laughs> hey, what's up, Bill? It's um, it's the better Bill. Uh, hey, so better I saw, Bill. How are you? I saw that you got rid of the best, uh, maybe second best wide receiver in the NFL the past two years for a he couple He was really holding us back. We had to get rid of him. <laughs> this is not – this is totally – I. this is not planned, by the way. Um, So – we over here have a a plethora of draft picks. They're not very high picks. They're mostly sixth and seventh rounders, but with that and third rounders, which I know you like to make draft picks because you're the GM coach and everything in between. I guess I, um, I do. I do both. I do both things. I'm that guy. I do both things. I sure do. <laughs> yep. Hey, Bill, can you put your dad on the phone? No, yeah. Okay. So he needs to get I've, content. We uh, we like Deshaun Watson. We lost Tom Brady. So here's what I'm willing to offer you. Okay. okay? Are you listening? Yes. I'm willing to offer you our first round pick this year, two of our third round picks of our three, two sixth and a seventh. At this point, I'm just trying to drown him in draft picks. And then next year's first round pick as well for Deshaun Watson. So you're getting one, you're getting two first rounders, you're getting two third rounders, you're getting two sixth rounders, and you're getting a seventh round pick. Hmm. That's a lot of picks, Bill. But now, John, think about this objectively, as I know he's not that smart of a guy, but like, is that something that as a you think Bill would actually, seeing his past moves, I don't see why that almost wouldn't be like a, you know, a starting point to a conversation. But like, okay, maybe add in a fourth or something. I'm not that stupid. Um, yeah. Good Bill. But I think that any, is something. Go do you ahead, have any go ahead. aging running backs that you are thinking of cutting? Because that's kind of my jam. Uh, what do you got for me? I, hey, is, if Sonny Michelle's medicals are terrible, I'll take them. I'll, I'll take him. Put him on the uh, – does he have only one MCL in his body? Put him on the bus. Let's get him to Houston. I can't wait to get him. That's going to be great. Fantastic. You can have him uh, – I, uh, I traded so I a third-round pick for Duke Johnson last year, but I did never use him because I don't like him. So, But I wanted to trade a pick for him, but I don't want to use him because that's, that's what I do. Aside from Bill, from Bill O'Brien being an absolute asshead, yeah. what do you – what do you really think it would take for the Patriots to start a real conversation about trading for Deshaun Watson? Because you have to also think the Patriots at some point are going to be like, dude, we'll just wait two years and get him on the open market. We're the Patriots. I, I mean, yeah. Well, first of all, that's definitely in, you know, in play as long as Belichick's going to stick around a coach. And then second of all... If um, not, sorry, I'm not meaning to interrupt you. Because I was thinking that no. same thing, but I was like, oh, they've got McDaniels like sitting shotgun ready to take over. Yeah, but, no, that could too. No, no, that's a good point. He could walk into that role, and it might be, you, you know, you'd think, well, that things are going to be somewhat similar. You'd like to think from at least an offensive standpoint. I mean, the rest of how Belichick organizes everything and is so meticulous. I mean, that you probably lose that just because, you know, no one's Belichick, obviously. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Look, look to be honest with you, and I know, like, look, I, I used a silly, stupid voice to make fun of Bill O'Brien, and I, you know, I, he's an educated person and I don't mean to attack anybody's character. I'm certainly not, you know, trying to be, you know, I'm just trying to be funny and st- silly and stupid about it. But, but the bottom line is if you traded a second round pick 
for, you know, he traded Hopkins for a, a crappy running back in a second round pick. Why not? I would call him up too and be like, hey, we'll, we'll give you a first and a sixth for Watson. I mean, he's probably going to say yes. He said yes to other things that are ridiculous, so why not lowball it? You might as well. I mean, the worst he can say is no, and then, which I don't even know if he knows how to say at this point, but if he does, then, you know, you come, uh, you come back over the top with a couple other offers and try to get them if you want, but yeah, if not, I guess just wait till free agency comes around, man. I don't know. That's just, he is just awful, 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 awful. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. He's just been, it's bad. And please, please get Deshaun Watson out of there before it's too late. And then a quarterback who's on the flip side of that, who thinks he's in a good situation, the Titans, you have them as a loser. Um, I think we should just – we already kind of hit on this one, so I'm just going to give my two cents and you give what you think. Okay. I think it's a bad deal. I, he's definitely going to regress. There's no way he gets better from here. You know, Derrick Henry being franchise tag was actually good. They shouldn't sign him after the franchise tag. Um, you know, He's going to start going downhill fast. He's a big guy. He gets a lot – he's had so many snaps. You look at his high school snap count, and it's ridiculous. Like 1,000 thousand rushes a year in high school. Um. I just I, they lost their right tackle. They way overpaid a mediocre quarterback. I don't like what the Titans did. Andrew uh, lose Jarrell Casey. So, one of the issues with the NFL in general is that it's so easy to get stuck in quarterback purgatory because if you have a guy that's remotely competent and you are a team that's even in the middle of the draft, right? If you're like the you know, 16, 17, 18, you know, 20 and up basically, right? In that range. Like, you can't change your team quarterback-wise in a heartbeat the following season. Not without getting, like, super lucky, right? Like, drafting Dak in the fourth round and Tony Romo gets hurt and suddenly you've got a good starter and you didn't even really know that that's what you had, okay? That, that stuff happens, of course. But no one's planning for that. And so, you know, if you're looking at, you know, Tennessee, it's just, like, I understand. You, first of all, you have Tannehill and you have Derrick Henry, and you got to sign one and tag the other. They did the right thing there, okay? You, you, if they had tagged Tannehill and signed Henry to a longer deal, you'd be like, what are you doing? Like, this is a disaster. Don't, you know, Tannehill might not if – he, if, he, if he's as good as you think he is, he's not replaceable, obviously. But Derrick Henry clearly is. So, yeah. you know, regardless of how good or bad, whatever, you know, he might be. Um, so, in that aspect, that's fine. But what I just – do we honestly – okay, Ryan Tannehill is 31 years old, okay? He's been in the NFL. He's drafted in 2012, and he, had the, he lost the year to injury uh, with, with the torn ACL. So um, – <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so this last year, what, he was phenomenal. But before that, he was dreadful. And I, I understand that, you know, the offensive situations were very different, and Adam Gates was his coach for a minute, and, you know, there, there are – just there are a lot of reasons I'm not saying that you know he had the best situation in Miami any one of those years okay there are definitely reasons but like do you do we really expect him to just continue being this guy like there's no it's like they sign him like they're like oh good I, the last six years don't count for anything I just have this small 12 game sample size that I'm going to go with and that's it and I'm just going to disregard his entire career like it, that's baffling to me. But again, like I said, I, 
I guess I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have put him in the losers list because I don't know what you do. I, you can't walk away from that. Like if you let that guy walk, what are you going to do now? Maybe you didn't know Cam Newton was available and maybe you could figure out that, but I mean that aside from something weird like that happening where it's perfect timing, typically if you have a you know quarterback that just, you know, you went to the AFC championship game and you lost like you, and that guy, you know, is, you got to you got you got to figure out that guy's contract. You're typically not letting him walk. Like I, I get it, I understand that. So, but I just don't. First of all, the deal is ridiculous. They paid him way too much money. And second of all, like if he ends up being regular Ryan Tannehill next year, no, no one, no one will be surprised. No one, least of all me. And so that's the only reason yeah. I put him in the losers list. Maybe that's a little harsh because, like I said, you can't, you know, you're stuck. You can't let that guy walk. But still, I just think it's they overpaid. And if you're expecting this year to happen every year, you're insane. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with any of that that you said. I think they are losers for that reason. And you can't overpay a bad quarterback. Even if you're going to be stuck in purgatory, I think it's almost better to just draft two quarterbacks. I am in the boat that I think the Dolphins should definitely draft two quarterbacks in the first round. I know that's ridiculous. Like, what if two is there at five? Th- He's for sure going to be an NFL quarterback. We don't know that. We've seen tons of great quarterbacks that don't translate to the NFL. Well, but did you see the video that got tweeted out today? Yeah, he looked good. Yeah, he's going. He's going to go number three. Someone is trading up to three with Detroit to get him for sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. So, if, so if you're the Dolphins, I take best player available at five. If there's not a player worth taking at five that's not a quarterback, I trade back. Someone's going to be stupid enough to trade up to five. You have two teen, two, you know, you have a teen pick, and then you have two twenty overalls. Like, take a quarterback. Then we'll talk about that on our draft show. But live draft show. Um, okay, so try to do it in two and a half minutes. Why the Falcons and the Bears are losers? Ooh, let's see if oh, let's Oh, awesome! This is he. I'm gonna do it in. I'll I'll do it in a minute twenty. You ready? Yep. Go. I mean, okay. So Atlanta's simple. The only, I don't understand why you would let Austin Hooper walk and then trade away a second-round pick to get uh, what's his name Hurst. Like, but Hayden uh, Hurst was a first overall was a first-round pick. I mean, yeah, I know he sure was. So but, former first-round pick Hayden Hurst yeah. being traded like sh- shut he's, the hell up. He's older than uh, what's it called than Hooper. First of all, second of all, Hooper is better. Hooper's had three better years than Hurst ever has. I said two last week, but it's three. I looked it up afterwards and was like, shit, I missed a year. So, I mean, it that just doesn't make any sense. And and I get it. Like I, the Gurley deal is fine. Like I I think that's it's reasonable. It makes sense. They had a need. Like I can you imagine if they had kept if it's Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. They have Calvin Ridley, who's, you know, largely been very good as a rookie in sophomore year. And then you retain Austin Hooper and add Todd Gurley to that offense. That's a nice offense. That's, that's, very that's good a little offense. scary. So, I thought the Todd Gurley signing was one of the best of the free agency. I think it made a lot of sense from a money standpoint and a need standpoint. I think it was one year. You're not stuck yeah. to those knees. Like, Beautiful. and Tampa Bay is in need of a running back and he didn't go there, which I think is a smart move. If you're going to, you know, you're competing against your own uh, division, obviously. So keep a guy, you know, get a guy and don't let him go to the other team either. That's great. So, but, so that's all just the Hooper thing was weird. And then Chicago. Oh my God. Like Ryan Pace is the hold my beer of GNs. Like when he sees Bill O'Brien do something, he's just like, hold my beer. Watch this, watch this. Here we go. 
Hey, Jimmy Graham, how you doing, man? How you doing? I know you slowed down. You're 33. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. We're going to give you a t uh, it's, uh, 10 million or 8 million guaranteed, 11 million guaranteed and 8 million for the next two years. Like, what? Almost you think Jimmy other... Graham, you think the size, you think the catching, you think the jumping <laughs> ability. <laughs> yeah. Now you think, yeah. <laughs> talk about Jimmy Graham. Talk about the injuries. Talk about how slow he is. Talk about how he hasn't done anything in a few years. He already played with Aaron Rodgers, so maybe he can make Mitchell <laughs> Drupas Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. Uh, Even when he got to CF, I mean, ever since he left the Saints, I mean, that was just a, a disaster. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, I, I just, like, Basically, everything they've done has just been head scratching. I don't. If you realize the second you realize Mitch Trubisky isn't very good, I'm, I'm sorry, but the answer to how to fix that situation is not Nick Foles. Like, and I get it. It's a slight step up. I get it. Okay. And Nick Foles hey. has, in his, from Trubisky, it is. I, and I'm sorry, but that's a fact. Like, tr Foles is better than Trubisky. So, um, and just from a, like, a straight, uh, we need better players on the roster. Okay, sure. I get it. That makes sense. But like, I just, how many mediocre quarterbacks do you need on one roster? Like Oakland is, or Las Vegas, excuse me, is the only other team that's going like, Hey, we got a couple mediocre guys. Like, don't, don't count us out. We're, we're in the mediocre quarterback game. Like, but otherwise I just, yeah, I don't get it. I, Chicago is just baffling. Like, I just one ridiculous deal after another so not a huge fan but uh yeah and then i should have put them on the list i didn't but honorary mention just because they're they're on the list every year is jacksonville i every year i'm just like i, I don't even there's not a plan there can't be a plan it's just a it's the wheel players. in the gm's room it just spins the wheel and whoever lands on duh, 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 duh. ah we gotta we gotta get rid of yannick and gakway sorry it's just duh, 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 duh. okay we trade aj boyer sorry Blaze but, campbell doesn't matter. Yeah. Oops. Oh, can, can we get a can we get a fifth round pick for Clayus Campbell, please, Baltimore? Baltimore's like, hey, oh, I was get... I was prepared to offer you a, a second and a future third. Okay. Yeah. No, that sounds. Yeah, that's fair. That's what we were thinking too. That sounds good. So honestly, for obviously Khalil Mack at his age and talent is better than Clayus Campbell when he was traded to the Bears. But if you look at that pick, the Jag Jaguars should have absolutely taken nothing less than a. Future first. Like, even the next year's first-round pick. Clays Campbell is worth that as a player. It's I mean, just bad Bad teams do bad things. Like, if yep. the Bears somehow – I mean, the Raiders somehow got all of that for Khalil Mack and you trade away a fifth – I mean, you get a fifth. Yeah. Like, it shows. It shows who is competent in the NFL and who's not. I know. It's bonkers. So – but yeah. Speaking of anyway. speaking of incompetence, oh John, yeah. I liked uh, I liked your your reasonings for those teams. We're gonna get to the fan questions. Yes, excellent. This is our this is our most mailbag questions we've had since free agency. So thank you all. We're gonna give you guys yeah. shout out. Sports fanatic at atic underscore sports attic sports. How does the Trent Williams saga with the Redskins end? I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. I think he's traded. I do not think it's to the Browns anymore. Uh, maybe, I, you know, I don't know. I think he's traded for a middle-round middle, middle round pick. Um, he's not worth much anymore. The, the longer they've waited, the less he's been worth because everyone's like, well, we know he's gone soon. We're not going to give away our souls for him. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, he's not going to play there again. You have to get something for him eventually. You uh, 
you know, he sat out last year. He, you know, I, I don't, we, we heard lots of reports about the, like, especially in Cleveland, because the Browns needed a tackle. And we kept hearing that, you know, the Dorsey was willing to pay, but the Redskins were saying, you know, they wanted more and a first round pick at least. And, you know, and stuff like that. And teams balked and they called the bluff. And so, you, you know, Washington got nothing out of it. You sat on, you know, a player that you couldn't use because he wouldn't play for you. And now you got no picks for it. So you got to do something at some point. And I mean, I don't know. It seems like a third round pick probably would get it done. So, I mean, we've already mentioned a few teams tonight that should probably be on the phone with Washington going, Hey, uh, we, you know, the chargers would be one if they could fix that spot in a hurry, at least for a couple of years. I mean, again, he's over 30, but he's not washed up. He's not 38. Like Jason Peters is like, he's got some playing days ahead of him. That's for sure. So, but uh, yeah, yeah he's definitely going to be traded. I, I would be shocked if anything else happened. I agree. So next one from Norman Kujawa. Uh, I'm, if I'm wrong, t- tweet me. I want to get this right, Norman. But his at is at capital N J K, lowercase U J A W A three. Browns related. Do you think they try to add another linebacker, or is this a mid-round pick? And then also NFL related. Who overpays for Clowney? I freaking love the way you worded that, Norman. Music to my ears. Overpay. That's Do you funny. think Eric Reed will be blackballed again? Once again, like the way you worded that. Or will someone pick him up? So, I'm going to make this quick. I do not think the Browns add another linebacker. of. They, I mean, they very well might add another linebacker. No one of and, significant value. So, he, and just to be clear, he means will they add one in free agency or just wait for the draft, correct? Yeah, sorry, okay. sorry. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I, I want to make sure I understood it. That's all. Okay, yeah. Um. I do not think if they add one in free agency, uh, it won't make a, it won't even make that big of a splash. Um, it won't be even as big as Goodson, who, you know, is just going to be a first, second down guy. I think the mid round pick is where you're looking. Um, I also, for some reason, the way they attack the linebacker free agency, um, Joe Schobert, um, letting Kirksey go without trying to restructure him. I honestly think they have faith in Wilson and Taki Taki. In short bursts, Taki Taki, especially if you look at analytics, which is what this this free agent front office looks at. And analytics is football. You're not an analytics guy or football guy. If you're an analytics guy, it's because you're watching the film. One of the um, yeah. Well, mm, football guys are they're not analytic guys, but well, analytic guys are football guys. If that makes sense. I don't – okay, I shouldn't say that either. There's Dave Gettleman and John Dorsey's, then there's people that are just football people, which are analytic. Anyway, this analytic front office, quotation marks if you're watching the YouTube video, they, if they're watching Taki Taki and looking at his, you know, his data, in short bursts, he's shown that he's very good. And in college, he was very good. A very, he had a very similar career path to Joe Schobert so far. Mac Wilson, a Cleveland favorite, a really good dude, hasn't performed super well. I'm not saying he won't. He's very young. He is a very young player. Um, I, I'm not saying that this is not the linebacker duo that can make it work. I think they'll try to add another guy. But like, if you're talking about can a player get better, Mac Wilson has all those attributes. And it's not... 
Brendan talked about black holes on the roster last year. Um, how you can't have black holes on the roster on the last podcast. Last year, Mac Wilson was a black hole. But I think part of that was his age, and yeah. I do think his work ethic will make him not a black hole. I think that this linebacker duo is what the Browns are going to try to work with because linebackers, I'm not going to say they aren't essential, but stopping the run in the NFL doesn't mean anything anymore. And if you want to stop the pass, play two linebackers at most. It's that simple. So I don't think they're going to attack it heavily. If a linebacker falls to them that they like, I think they'll go after it. But I think they're going to draft big safeties that can move. I think that's the way to go in the NFL nowadays, draft big safeties that can move. Try to get it done that way. Get a Xavier McKinney that can play three different positions. Um, And then Clowney. Actually, I'll let you answer the Browns thing, John. No, that was. Uh, I agree. I think you're right. I don't. If they sign with someone else in free agency, it'd probably be a guy you have to look up and go. I, I, who is this? Like, I'm not. You know, at this point, you know, the guys that are left. It's there's not. I don't want to say they're not great players, but they're available for a reason. Let's put it that way. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see them take a linebacker in the draft. Um, but, and I think you actually nailed it, Norman. Uh, if they do, it's going to be a mid round pick for sure. Like. I don't think you're going to see them spend – well, they're definitely not spending 10, obviously, on a linebacker. Uh, I'd be shocked if 41 was a linebacker. Very shocked. So, um, after that, yeah, maybe if you find a guy um, that, uh, you know, they have a third-round grade on, such to the fourth or fifth or something like that. What What's the round they don't have a pick in? Is that the fifth? Right? Fifth. It's one, two, two threes, four, six, seven, right? Yep. Yeah, so maybe it's the sixth round is a good spot where, like, if you have a guy that you would have taken in the fifth round if you had a pick, but you don't, and you see that guy slip to that point. So, But, yeah, other than that, no, I don't. Um, Mac Wilson, the only thing I'll add to that is that Wilson is – it's the reason that he was available where he was. Like, he – sometimes he's really good, and other times he looks completely lost. And that was the same thing in Alabama. He showed up on tape, and then he didn't. And you were just like, okay, this guy needs to learn, you know, some kind of – he needs to learn. He needs to be coached up at some point. So hopefully that'll happen this year with uh, Joe uh, Woods. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, luckily Mac Wilson has shown the ability to cover, um, you know, at, in spurts. So that's good. If a guy yeah. can cover, oh, yeah. he can cover. If, if a guy can't, that's not really – a lot of that's natural ability. Um, obviously coaching plays a huge dividend in that. Um, then NFL-related, who overpays for pays for Clowney? Um, I don't know who it's going to be, but so I don't want to make any guesses, but I will say this about Clowney for any of you that think the Browns should sign him. That's listening for any of you that thinks your team should sign him. You're not getting a pass rusher, which is what is valued in today's league. He is a not, he is not a good pass rusher for the amount of money he's going to be giving. He's a run stopper. I personally am not going to go out of my way to sign a run stopper in free agency if it's going to be worth more than if it's going to be what he's like wanting. I don't I just don't like Clowney. I don't like his game. He had a big hit in college against Michigan, so every Ohio guy loves him. Eric Reed, I don't think he'll be blackballed. I it's, it's got to stop. If you're standing up for what you believe in, that should not mean that you're not employable. It's ridiculous. Get the hell over it. Someone sign Eric Reed. He's good enough to play in the league. Um, I won't get into the other guy, but he's good enough to play in the league as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, not as, not as a starter just, at this point, but he was just on what's called Reed was just on a team, so uh, 
I mean, it's, you know, not beyond reason that he won't end up on one again. So, yeah, no, I would say no. I don't think that he would be blackballed again. Um, where he'll end up, uh, that's a great question. I'm not really sure. Um, as far as Clowney goes, I don't know, man. I, like, this kind of feels like the situation where the guy, you know, it's like the um, sort of like the couple that's sort of like uh, they're both like, let's say they're both like sixes, right? And they're both like, I could totally date like a nine. And they both like go out there for a little while. And then you sort of realize you're just like, yeah, look, you're both sixes. You probably should just stay together. Like, I feel like Clowney's going to end up back in Seattle. Like, they're both going to be like, you know, yeah, well, we don't need you then. We're, we're fine. We got plenty of dudes. And Clowney's like, yeah, look, I'm going to go get paid. So I don't really need you. And then they kind of get back together. And they're like, yeah, so that didn't really work out for either of us. Do you want to just like hang out and like do stuff? And yeah, okay. That sounds like fun. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So yeah, that's my yeah. take on Clowney. That's what I think is going to happen with him. So um, I like it. Any other backup places? I don't even. I was trying to think about this, like where he, where he, um, where else he could end up, and I don't even know. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I was trying to come up with a second, like a, a, maybe a backup signing place for Clowney, but I, I don't. Hard. I'm not really sure. So I don't even want yeah. to speculate. So. Uh, before we get to the next listener question, because we have to wrap this up, but the biggest power move. And the history of history was just made by Clippers owner Steve Ballmer. Ooh. He bought the forum for $400 million cash. So I'll read what happened. The forum will continue to operate as a live music venue. It's not going to be where the Clippers play. But the purchase by the Clippers will resolve the federal lawsuits the Clippers were going to have if they built a new arena in the same city as the Forum. So he bought a $400 million venue so he wasn't involved in lawsuits to build a venue that's going to cost more than $400 million, probably. Way more. That's called a power move. Yeah, it's going to cost way more than that. So, yeah. Also, subject for another time, but like... The rich get richer. It's, it's got to change. Um, uh, let's mention real fast. So I just saw this too. I was trying to read through the questions and I saw that Norman had added, uh, he said with Clowney, I could also see him getting paid from a team like Arizona, even on a short team deal. And that's a really good suggestion because they definitely need defense and they have cap room. So that's, that, uh, that wouldn't be surprising. And that might even be a better scenario than uh, ending back up in Seattle. Cause that, he would honestly. One there. Eric so. Reed could help out the Cardinals as well. Actually, that anybody on defense could for sure. So, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then, um, the last question is from Chris Howell. Uh, I know him from Van Wert. What's up, Chris? Um, his at is at C H O W E L L three one four. Go give him a follow. Name a few free agents you would like to still see the Browns grab. That, I, I don't so, know. I was just going to say, go no, that's okay. Uh, Giovanni Ruiz also asked the exact same question, so I wanted to make sure that we got his in there, too. Oh. He said, do you have any other free agents you want the Browns to sign, both realistic and perfect world options? Uh, thanks. Oh, because Gio asked so, first. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. So, His ad is at G-I-O-R-73. Give him a follow. Give him a follow, folks. 
I was wondering. I was. I was. Anyway. But yeah. So real. So any other free agents for uh, what's called the um, Browns? Browns. So. So I'm gonna say there's um there's a handful tackles. Yeah, I would still like Jason Peters. It's a band aid, one or two year deal. Don't make a rookie start. I, if he doesn't work, he's going to work out. He's still a good tackle. I want Jason Peters, and I'm going to die on that hill, uh, especially for the people saying I want Trent Williams over Jason Peters. I think that's kind of crazy because you're going to have to pay Trent Williams big money soon, I, and you're going to have to give up draft pick. I don't know. I, I just Jason Peters is good. It would be a nice veteran presence for Jack Conklin. It would be a nice veteran presence for Teller and Forbes. Uh, and then the tackle they most likely draft. Um, two receivers I really like, Josh Gordon, Rashard Higgins. Uh, they're not testing for weed anymore in the NFL. Meaning, if you are in a fantasy league, go get Josh Gordon ASAP. You know, if you're in a league where you can just pick up players, I don't it, doubtful that you can do that. But Josh Gordon, no, dynasty league, sure. Right now you can. Yeah, if Josh Gordon plays in the NFL, which yeah. I don't see why. I, I mean. John, if you're a GM and you're okay, this guy's not, he only has ever gotten busted for having weed in his system. They're not going to test it anymore. Why the hell would you not give him an option? Give him a uh, shot, right? I don't know. The reason I would, do you remember what year he led the uh, NFL in receiving? Yeah. yeah. What year was that? 2014? 13. 13. It was the year before Johnny he, Manziel. So you're going to tell me because he was, last time he was great was 2013. You wouldn't say, hey, Freak of nature. Take this one million. Take this one year deal, and come I, play I, for us. What? I don't. No, I, You're I not, don't. You're not. Think about his deals in the past. You're not going to be paying this guy twenty million a year. It's going to be. It's going to be five five million dollars a year. I got juice. I got OBJ. Uh, I want Rashard Higgins back, so that's a good point. I want him back for sure. So let's sign him because he's he's hey, call me crazy. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I'd rather have Josh Gordon over Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins is the safer option, but Josh Gordon, is his ceiling is still higher than Rashard Higgins ever is. I love Rashard Higgins. I mean, an absolute fan favorite, but he is what he is at this point. Okay, I understand they're not testing for weed anymore, but like, I, I just don't, I don't know. This guy was good. It's seven years ago, in, seven years in the NFL. Like, Did you watch yeah. him last year? Okay, but like, He could still play. Kind of. Uh, he can kind of still play. Yes, I, if you, I, he can be the fifth receiver on the team. I guess he'll, you know, we'll he'll catch twelve balls for, like, go back, <laughs> go pull up the uh, the um, like the fantasy running back leaders from the year twenty thirteen and read through the list and like it will be. That's not shocking. that's not fair. Shocking. That's apples and you know, oranges. Running backs, running backs are eight and shit like, out. 10 minutes later. What I'm saying is seven years ago in the NFL is a long time. Like dog years are looking at that going, wow, that is you. That is a long time. That is John, it's unbelievable. I'm gonna, John, I'm going to, I'm going to backfire you with this seven years right. ago in the NFL. Jason Peters was still a left tackle. Phillip rivers is still a quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger is still a quarterback. Tom Brady was still a quarterback. I don't know. So no, you're right. maybe Josh Gordon will play until he's 45. Because quarterback's sure. just because quarterback takes as much athleticism as wide receiver. Well, no, I understand you. I understand you. Still a quarterback. So of course Josh Gordon's going to have 1,800 yards this year. Of course. 
That makes sense. And I understand your yep. reasoning why you'd be scared, but I think anyone would be crazy to say, don't give me Josh Gordon on a one-year, $5 million deal. I think I, you would absolutely – you would have to be tested for drugs much stronger than marijuana. For the right team, sure. Why not? Like, uh, Green Bay could use a second receiver. They don't They don't even know. You know, Alan Lazard might be the guy, but it's – Geronimo Allison sure as shit isn't, and neither is Marquez Valdez gambling. So, I mean, I don't know maybe, if that's the right place for him, actually, because Aaron Rodgers is an absolute jackass, and jo- Josh Gordon doesn't seem super mentally stable. But I, I like what you're saying. Um – but yeah, so I defensive players, I would like. Um, it, about, can we start with Nick? There's or not a, oh, I mean, obviously, I'm going to get to him, but that's because he's he's the he should be the like just easy. He's not even on this free agent list for whatever reason. I know he wasn't signed. Anyway, hmm. um, edge defenders. So, oh, God, I should have started the show with this. And then we got to – this is a two-hour show. Holy shit. Um, the record. I got in an argument with people on Twitter. Linebacker Clay Matthews to the Browns. I swear to any God you believe in or don't believe in, whatever. Okay. If anyone ever tries to tell me Clay Matthews is a linebacker, I'll I just I'll smack it out of you. He's not. I don't. I'm, oh my gosh! But on the other hand, if you were able to get a team-friendly deal for a Clay Matthews, a Cameron Wake, a one-year deal for those old guys, I would take. Um. I yeah. I'm not including him in that because I think he's worth more than a one-year deal for sure. I I think he's still very talented. Um. But I think Clay Matthews and Cameron Wake. You could still get on a one-year deal. Uh, Cameron Wake still got gas in the tank. Clay Matthews still has gas in the tank, and they're not the same player. But like Clay Matthews to Olivier Vernon, size-wise, play style, they're not super far off. Like Olivier Vernon's a more he's he's got a lot of quick he's got a lot of quickness. He's able to get sideline to sideline, chase down the run real well. I there's not a whole lot of it wouldn't take a lot of you know Vernon goes out. They have to play Clay Matthews. It wouldn't be like a whole new, you know, learning process for those linemen on the line with him to know what Clay Matthews is going to do. And they're not the same player, but you know what I mean. Like size-wise, their play style, they're not, you know, they're not maulers. Um, Cameron Wake, I don't know how he still is going, but whatever. And then the biggest one though is Nikhil, um Roby Coleman. My my head was just like it was gone. I I read Prince. Bring it back, baby. I read Prince Amu Kamara's name, and everything just went like, oh my god, because I was trying to pronounce it in my head. Anyway, yeah, I mean, the best nickel corner left, one of the better nickel corners in the NFL, can probably maybe snag him for eight to ten million. The way the nickel corner market has been. I would love that. Nickel corner is very essential. The Browns don't have one. They have three outside cornerbacks right now. And then Kevin Johnson. I wonder if they think that Kevin Johnson is going to be that nickel corner. I wonder if that's why uh, they haven't signed Roby Coleman or even gone after him or if they just plan not to, period, because they think Kevin Johnson is going to be that guy. I'm curious. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's my list of guys. 
John, I'll let you touch on it. No, I was going to say, Roby Coleman's at the top of that list for sure uh, because I don't know that Kevin Johnson is a slot corner, so and that's definitely a need for sure for every team in the NFL now. So um, Rashard Higgins needs to come back because that's one of the most baffling things about 2019, and the list of baffling things with the Browns in 2019 was long, but that's at the top of the list how Higgins just couldn't get on the field ever. We can't. We can't use this guy. Ultra talented. You know, they're they're running 11 personnel the entire freaking season, but they can't figure out how to get him on the field. That's a problem. So, uh, not a big fan of that. But yeah, I would love to. I'd love to get him back. Um, and then after that, I don't know. I, I'm slipping through. I mean, Cameron Wake makes sense. If you could get Everson Griffin on a good deal, that would make sense. Logan Ryan would make sense if you didn't get Roby Coleman. Um, yeah, that's probably it. I don't know. I didn't really see anybody else. Peters, you mentioned Peters. That's a good call. So, yeah. Um, let's see. I wanted to mention one other guy who replied back. So, we were talking about the um, – let's see. This was off of Norman's question. Uh, when he had, when about he said Bodacious? About, yeah, I wanted to – so, Bodacious, it's at Bodacious Beer. And um, this guy, he replies a lot and stuff. And I, I think I – fo- I know I follow him. I'm pretty sure he follows me too. But John, I don't anyway, know. I'm going to – do some breaking news. I'm not sure if you know this, but Bodacious Beer is actually going to be part of our fantasy writing team. Oh, did I know that, or did I, did I not know that? I don't know. I don't think he's he not in that, that chat yet. Huh. Yeah, sorry. Him, him, and him and uh, Paul are good Twitter buddies. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, yeah. Then, sorry. No, it's okay. Then welcome aboard, Bodacious Beer. Can't wait to uh, have you uh, part as part of the team. This is really cool. So, um, yeah, but we were talking about the uh, when Norman asked what the Browns were going to do uh, as far as linebacker goes. Um, Bodacious Beard said Browns draft another linebacker, in my opinion, earlier in the draft. So I'll be curious. Um, like, I wonder. Yeah, Bodacious, you'll have to like tweet us, tweet at us, and let us know what do you think. Like, pick forty-one, maybe. I mean, you, you can't be ten because I just can't imagine Patrick Queen would go there and. If Queen dropped to forty-one, they that might be that they might be in for that. Uh, or Kenneth, um, uh, what's his name from Oklahoma, Murray. All um, right, Kenneth Murray. Uh, yeah, thank you. Sorry, I, I don't know why Ken sounded so weird, but um, but yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the case. So I wonder. Kenneth so sounds like some nerdy middle-aged white man. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't sound like someone whose poster you'd put up on your. Hey, I got Ken's poster. Oh my god, that's awesome. Uh, and a poster of him. Knocking someone's soul out of their body too. He was he was accountant of the year last year. I knew it. He's so good. He's so good with a calculator. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I guess that that'd be interesting. Bodacious, let us know if it's Patrick Queen or Murray uh, at forty one. If that's who you're thinking, or if maybe it's somebody different. But um, but yeah. So um, okay, yep, yeah, that's it. I just want to make sure we got all the listener questions in. So yeah, I I. The show went long, two hours and six minutes, but I think it was worth it. And you know, since we're not able to do shows every day, Always I don't think right. it's, I don't think it's bad to go a little longer. No, uh, and here's the thing, folks: since nobody has anything to do and you can't leave your house anyways, uh, just enjoy the two-hour, you know, distraction from all the crap that's going on, and talk about free agency and listen to us, you know, drone on about all these on. players and yeah, good stuff. So, what else are you gonna do, right? Yeah, and hopefully. Hopefully, John and I are able to do a few more shows um, about, maybe not about free agency, 
I don't really know. We'll have to start talking about the draft, I guess. Yep. Leading up to up it. Too. Yep. And we'll have Brendan Leister on to talk about what the Browns should do in the draft at really? post free agency. Um, maybe yep. we'll try to get another couple of you know media members from other teams on. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, with the merchandise, if if you do want something, just let us know. Um, yep. Definitely. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm all good, John. I I have to pee really bad. Okay. Well, you guys then, care. before you do that, you can follow me on Twitter at Cleveland Spider. It's Spider with a Y, S-P-Y-D-E-R. And uh, you can go to www.atbsports.net. And uh, that's where you'll find our articles. I am uh, writing a free agency tracker uh, where I am covering uh, all the free agency signings. Uh, I'm trying to write reactions to the bigger deals. Um, trades, things like that, stuff that, you know, most people would want to know about. So, um, and uh, yeah, so just my thoughts and opinions on the the money, the contracts, the deals themselves, things like that. Um, so yeah, check that out. Like I said, I haven't, it hasn't been updated since Friday. I got I was sick over the weekend, so I got to get back on track, but uh, I'll, I'll try to get that done as fast as I can. Um, and then, uh, yeah, don't forget to uh, subscribe uh, on YouTube and like the video if you did like it. And uh, leave a comment if you liked it, if you didn't, if you, you know, uh, think, hey, you guys should try this or maybe do more of this or less of that or whatever. Like, you know, it's very much uh, if you're watching, then it's your show as much as ours. So tell us what you think and what you want to see and what you want to see, you know, more of and less of and everything like that. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear your opinion and your thoughts. So definitely leave a comment. I second all that. You can find all the things we talked about in the descriptions below. Um yeah, thank you all so much. Yep, thanks. Hey, stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Please take <laughs> care. Okay? Yeah. Don't cough on people. No. This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net.